0: That was Jackie singing along. this is Howie Mandel, Howie Mandel does stuff, and that was my Go ahead. are you
1: jacqueline schultz your daughter
0: i know but i wanted you to say it Mm -hmm. and uh we're very excited because on this episode as you heard this is the first episode where jackie actually said she liked our theme song because her husband produced it but more importantly she said can i write the lyrics and i said okay go ahead and that was the lyrics to this (laughs) how does it go again uh, jackie Dun dun,
1: shh, dun, 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 dun dun and then at the end it's doo, 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 dooddly,
0: doo, that's doo. great you know, I don't know it's like a Bernie Topin and Elton John remember mm-hmm. elton John used to write all the music, and Bernie Topin wrote the lyrics and your husband mm-hmm. wrote the music and you're the Ber- Bernie topin of the Schultz family
1: yeah can yeah. I ask can I take do you want me to keep my mask on?
0: um if you're watching this, uh my daughter who usually sits beside me is in another basically another building um <laughs> looking I'm at in me
1: jail- i'm in prison
0: <laughs> yeah there's a jail cell behind I know. You. that's because that's the only place where uh because you're on the podcast with me we get good cell service <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and uh, how many
1: times do you use that joke
0: uh, a day yeah i don't know but anyway it's not about the number of times it's about the quality of use. Um, you don't need a mask, you're nowhere near me. I mean, a wall is a mask for okay, me. Okay. And the reason she's doing that is uh, her little guy, my uh, my grandson, Axel, came home with a runny nose and we are germaphobes and freaked and he got a test, as you told me, right? Mm. And they test everything now. They can test in one test. It tests for COVID. Well, Cause COVID. He, didn't
1: get, he didn't get a COVID test. His pediatrician has a machine that tests for Everything. Not every test is like that. Like, you can just get a COVID test. And most people do just get a COVID test. But he got a swab and it tested for 15 different things that it could be, which it came back negative for COVID and positive for rhinovirus, which is just the common cold.
2: He's a, he's allergic to
0: rhinoceroses and he's got a virus <laughs> from yeah. a rhinovirus. So he has a cold. Yeah. So the fact that he has a cold doesn't uh, kind of... Uh, I mean, that's great news and that he doesn't have COVID and he just has a cold and he has a runny nose. But as you know, he lives with his mother. And uh, so she's in a house where somebody has a cold. So I don't want to be near his mother (laughs) because I'm traveling. I'm traveling and I'm doing things and I can't, uh, I can't.
1: I think most people think it's just uh, COVID that people are so concerned about. But it's been this way for you forever yeah so
0: you wearing headsets talking to me from another room is just like every day at home
1: it's life it's what I grew up with
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know and you're still but you're still my baby girl uh first of all uh I'm excited about today's podcast today's podcast I I say this a lot but I I I mean it I think I mean it all the time but because I have a lot of friends and I've been doing this for 40 years but I'm very excited about the guest this year Jeff Ross is here the uh the Roastmaster General
1: I have so much to ask him and talk to him about really mm-hmm. oh wow because yeah. I saw him live
0: yeah I know you did yeah uh, you saw him live you could finish I saw him
1: live when I went to go see Charlie Sheen
0: yeah Charlie yeah. Sheen was on tour mm-hmm. and Jeff went with him
1: yeah I saw him in Atlantic City I kind of forget if he was opening or just with him, like interviewing him during the show. I know he was with him during the show, but I forget if he also opened for him.
0: And um, another exciting thing I got, you know, I I got my certificate today to, uh, I am now a certified, I think just in the state of California, am I'm a doula. So I- uh, That sucks. Why?
1: Because that's what Alex, my brother, wanted to do. And you just took it from him before he got his certification.
0: Alex- did you want to be a doula? I didn't know that. We
1: talked about that.
0: Oh yeah. I have it. Look at this. It's okay. No, <laughs> but, but can it be? Oh, you know what? Howie Mandelin's son doulas. We'll have uh, like Doula together. Uh, doula together. That was your thing. Cause I got it. I got it today in the mail. Mm-hmm. See, look, look. Yeah. That's my certificate. I got a certificate so wait uh, are
1: you serious what is that
0: it's uh from the national association of uh, doulas i'm going to deliver babies no you're not well yeah i am but not like you think
1: okay.
0: like if baby who's got a, the loudest can in the world <laughs> somebody just opened the is that you
1: yeah
0: don't hold up we d- they're not sponsors
1: I, who cares not everything has to be a sponsor for it's the only way team. for
0: us to make money
1: we don't have any. Lou Dinos is right here now. too.
0: Lou Dinos has amazing stories. You called me the other day, Lou, and you said you wanted to be on because you had, uh, you, you thought a good segment for our podcast would be. He has, he, what he's saying is he, he has these, he calls me a lot or texts me. Mm-hmm. I usually get a text like once a month and the text just says PSST P-S-S-S-T. PSST
1: from Lou
0: i think it's from lou yeah <laughs> uh, I, you know and then he says you know on the podcast c- can i come on and tell true stories mm-hmm. and i said what kind of story he's just they're just short just say it into this mic what is what did you do the other day this is a true i swear to people and you can look it up you can do your research i know people have conspiracy talk to the mic
3: i am making an effort to mine uh, uh jokes where no one has uh, been before no but
0: tell the true story the, the, I, the uh, day i bought a pencil okay that was it so that's yeah. what he called me and he said i can come in every week with all these stories today i bought a pencil that's right it and sounds i said, very similar today to G- the day
1: okay well it sounds very the
0: day i bought a pencil
1: similar to jeremy's story that we heard not that while ago not a long time ago about his haircut
0: jeremy got a haircut
1: yeah remember and he said he woke up and he didn't like it so he cut it it sounds very similar. To that to that's that another kind of true story. story. Yeah.
0: So people, I know that the podcasts that do are the the crime podcasts and other things like that. They do very well because they're true and relatable. Mm-hmm. And that's why. And that's what we want to do. There is a reason. Well,
1: hopefully, not relatable to most people. Really? True crime? No, you think no, that's no. Relatable to most no,
0: people? No, but the, it's relatable because they go, okay, I had a relationship, but it didn't go like like they can. They can go, or I'm married and I'm afraid my wife will snap or things like that. So, but this way. <laughs> To, and that gets a, a big audience, but it's a narrow audience. But uh-huh. if somebody comes in and they say, "The other day I bought a pencil," yeah, there's probably thousands of people out there listening, going, "I bought a pencil, also." That
1: captures like a wide,
0: <laughs> a wide. There is a reason of- why, and I, I feel bad. Keep you know, I'm not tooting our horn, but we are number thirty in Croatia, and I'm twenty
1: five, sure- <laughs> thirty one in Trinidad, unless it went up why do you doing me wrong
0: I, because i once i heard 30 anyway and that's they, that's lou has a bag of chips and a oh, there's their phone call look at that uh oh that might be a good idea maybe i'll do that a little later
3: uh, you know my mother when she was 91 still had streaks of black in her hair, yet she still insisted she couldn't work.
1: Did you hear about um, TikTok hosting ads for whipped cream but it's actually nitrous oxide?
0: No, mm-hmm. no. Is that true? hmm Wow. I know somebody's mother who had wisps of <laughs> shit in her panties, and yet she did work. <laughs> These are all true stories. All right. That's what you prepared? Wisps. Didn't you say wisps of black? What did no, you say? What did you say? It's, I said streaks. You have a funny story it, 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 this, on, on a kind of serious funny note. Uh-oh. What? Uh-oh. I don't know where you're going, but Okay. No. My mom, we have something in common. Our moms, uh, Lou and I started together. My mom is in- God bless your mom. How is she doing? Late stage Alzheimer's. It's not fun and it's it's sad and it's heartbreaking. But you once told me a a funny story because you, your mother in her last few years was in assisted living. That's right. And one of the funniest stories I heard, because when you have Alzheimer's or dementia, you're Mine goes places you know my mother was probably the most astute she was the number one real estate uh salesperson in the Canada wonderful
3: lady I have and nothing but everybody
0: and that's the person that I would talk to I don't mm-hmm. know anybody smarter more uh, aware mm-hmm. uh, more uh, you know and and even friends who had problems with their own parents would come and talk to my mother so it's 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 heartbreaking But you talked about your mother was in a similar situation and you walked in and you go, mama, how are you? And she would go natalie from room 702 took my underpants and you go okay mom mom anyway you're having a nice day and then you would just ignore her and that right. that was a night nice... and the next day you'd come in and you bring her little flowers or whatever and you say how are you mommy and she would go natalie took another pair of my underpants at three o'clock and you go okay mom mom mom, mom let's watch tv yeah. and then you'd watch jeopardy together or something like that and the third day You come in and you go, mommy, how are you? And she goes, Natalie took all my underpants. And you go, please mom, just (laughs) settle down. We're gonna have a nice time, we'll watch TV. You have a nice visit with her. And then as you're leaving, you're walking down the hall and the nurse comes to you with this somewhat, it looks like a pile of of laundry. And she (laughs) says, I'm sorry, Mr. Dinos. These are all your mom's underpants. Natalie in room 702 steals them at night. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: She kept complaining that this woman was stealing her underwear. And I kept saying, come on, nobody's stealing your underwear. And there she was.
0: How did you come to the conclusion that nobody was stealing your underpants?
3: Well, i i didn't uh, the conclusion was based on why would
0: anybody steal somebody else's underwear well what you don't realize and maybe because you're the son how wonderful your mother's underpants were (laughs) we started at yuck yucks together in toronto and that was always the talk amongst the comics that's that's ludinos does what's his act i don't remember his act but his mother has the most glorious underpants (laughs) of anybody's mother at the club
1: you know that's you think of yuck yucks
0: what Do you
3: think of yuck yucks every once in a while? I cross just did. It,
0: it, no. what, that's, that's a what? That's a
1: common thing. What? Uh, stealing people's underwear. Like, I know when I was in college, <laughs> you... <laughs> what
0: do you mean it's a common thing? No,
1: it is. When I was in college, we had communal laundromat, you know, where mm-hmm. we went down to wash our clothes, and you could not leave your laundry in the machine unattended because usually they, your underwear would be gone. It's stolen.
0: Who steals somebody's underpants? Or at least
1: when I was there in Santa Cruz, there was an underwear thief at Cowell, the college at UC Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the report is in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe TikTok could get on that case. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Why is Jackie outside? What? Why is Jackie outside? COVID. Okay. Um, (laughs) We all know boring people, right? I know a guy who's so bored. he went to get elective surgery and the surgeon told him to call, count backwards from 10. The surgeon fell asleep. Are we
0: holding for a laugh?
1: You have the applause button. Give All him the
0: I, applause I'll button. Getting, uh, this is, that one is uh... a <laughs> Oh, a second.
1: lot of people go to the clubs to try out new material <laughs> Lou decided lou just to come comes here
0: He <laughs> tells me no he phones me it's always followed by he's got the funniest jokes lou dinos if you have a chance to catch him uh you're very kind Howard. is there a place coming up soon do you have a date coming I'm, up soon?
3: I'm, yes but we're currently working on getting a spot at flappers <laughs>
0: <laughs> keep your fingers crossed he might be at flappers which is a a, a great, place great place in uh, i work out there i know in burbank and and any given night you can see leno and arsenio and
3: well, jim Jeffries. i haven't seen him do stand-up in years i haven't seen you do stand-up in years
0: but... i was over at uh, at flappers the last few weeks oh. I, I go to supernova where's that it's uh, in hollywood at mm. Whitley and Hollywood Boulevard, and it's outside in a parking lot, and that makes me feel a lot safer. You're talking to a guy whose daughter is not allowed in the same room. She doesn't have COVID. No. Oh, well, my son is be-
3: sick. Why are you
0: outside, Jackie? He's not wearing headsets. He's no, not sitting near the <laughs> mic. It's, he's just eating chips. I know. He's just the guy who <laughs> joined us. I love the episode where you guys have Chip, where you had that guy come in, the guy who bought a pencil, and he was just eating chips. <laughs> and coughed, coughing. Cough, I, coughed I shouldn't
1: be the one sitting I
0: know. outside. <laughs> You're outside. He's in here. I coughing. feel a lot
1: safer. He's a smoker. Here.
3: Look, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. Okay. Yep, it's
0: a plane. Okay.
4: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He hasn't gotten a spot at Flappers, so he looks at this podcast (laughs) as his Flappers. As you said, people show up in places to try out their material. This is how comedy works. People just sit at home. What was that? (laughs) A drum roll. Oh. I I make people laugh one at a time. When you thought of walking in here and talking to me, (laughs) why did you go grab a bag of chips?
3: I wasn't expecting to talk to you. I wanted to come by and hang. And, and, oh, and not in this
0: room, and not talking. Not to
3: necessarily.
0: You want to go eat your chips?
3: No, I'd rather talk to you. But, <laughs> oh <my gosh>. what?
0: <laughs> Closer. You leave. All right. Anyway, right. you are not talking. Do
1: you want? Do you because want to? Because it's talk important
3: about... to visit friends <laughs> every once me. in a while. He
0: I hear you, Jackie. I, I hear nobody, you. Go he ahead. Act me. like Lou's not even here. <laughs> go ahead. What do you have? There?
1: I had a bunch of stuff to talk about. Go ahead. Today. Well, number one was.
0: <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Number one was the TikTok thing that you just skimmed over. Oh, you
0: said that there, there's there, because people get high from those cans of whipped cream, right?
1: So TikTok is. <laughs> TikTok is hosting ads for whipped cream, but it's actually nitrous oxide. And I don't think that. TikTok but that's knows- a big
0: that's a claim that you can't make.
1: It's on Vice. It's an article on Vice. It doesn't mean it's real. It, it's real that they're hosting these ads without knowing what the ads are actually for. Oh, my gosh.
0: What does that mean that they're hosting ads? I don't so know.
1: anyone could put up an ad on TikTok. Like, you yeah. could put up a sponsored video, right?
0: But don't they go through it and see what it is? I
1: know, but I don't think they know what it is because it's advertising. Oh, my God. Go ahead. It's adver- oh, Why don't you finish yeah. the thought? It's advertised as whipped cream. Like, I can show you the ads. Maybe I could send them.
0: I don't know. Me. I don't want to be involved in that. I like TikTok. I'm I don't think
1: TikTok fan. is doing anything wrong. I don't think they knew. So it's what is Vice claiming? That they are, oh, I can't talk. I, I Why? Just, it's like grossing me out. I have to take off my headset.
0: What's grossing you out? The
1: sounds are grossing me out. Go ahead. And I guarantee you, you are not number 25 in Croatia anymore.
0: That's why I keep saying 30. I knew that after this episode, I would be 30. I can't. You can't what?
1: I can't listen.
0: I said to Luke, come over and have some chips. (laughs) You're actually licking your fingers. It's so grease off the chips. No, n- no, you don't put your fingers in your mouth. Well, how do you lick your fingers? By you not putting them in your mouth? I wash my fucking hands. You don't lick your fingers? You don't lick fingers.
1: Stern. Who licks fingers in this day and
0: age? Stern. He licked his fingers.
3: Stern, aft, hull, steerage, mast, or all poop bu- deck. I got a mouth like a damn sailor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> yeah, oh
0: my god! Oh my god. It's okay. i I'll tell him. Is it is it good? Is it good? I can't. <laughs> what are you laughing at?
1: I can't do this episode.
4: Why? Because it's gross. The
1: sounds are grossing me out. Every time I, he can't hear me talk, so every time I start talking, <laughs> he goes on to the next joke.
0: He's not wearing a headset. No, I know. He doesn't like to wear headsets when he's eating chips. Uh can I tell a sad
3: story? Yeah. Go ahead. I I I have a step ladder. Right? Because my real ladder left <laughs> me. <when I> was...
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is not my ladder, it's my step ladder. That's
1: a good one. That's
0: actually a really that's good a really one. Good I take one. that one's the one that's got to go on the top. All right. All right, go ahead. Um,
3: I will now give free sage advice. Uh, always infuse it with butter and use it sparingly. Actual <laughs> the sage. sage.
0: The we get sage. it. Who's doing that? Is That's right. Jeremy. Jeremy, I never knew we we. This is like episode thirty or forty. We've never heard this before. Did you just find effects? We never had that one, Jeremy. Where did you get that? or well, Alex I,
4: I found it on the soundboard just now yeah
0: <laughs> how come that with all the jokes that have been told and all the things in all the episodes Lou brought it out for you right
3: what did I bring up he's oh you can't hear it can't he's, hear not, it. Wearing he's, wearing he's the-
0: not wearing headsets he doesn't know but that's smart you come on a podcast right. you can't hear a fucking thing that way you're there's no spoilers that's so correct. when this actually is uploaded and you can listen to it i'll be
3: surprised and entertained
0: just wait like till you hear this j- right and wait till you hear the joke about it's not my actual ladder it's my step ladder that's gonna be a good that's gonna be a you can do way. that every time alex we say step ladder okay
1: was there another one
0: All right, I'm trying to find a good one. Okay. Well, you have a list
3: of not good ones? Yes. These are the good ones? Yes. Okay. When it comes to stupid, Howie, I tried and tried to write the book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. You know what the better part of valor is? I don't know what the reference is. Valor. Okay. (laughs) I don't even... I don't understand. There's a cliche. The better part of valor. Bravery is the better. Courage is the better part of valor. I never heard that cliche. Oh. A cliche kind of connotates that every, you know what everybody says. What did they say? (laughs) 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 I've never heard anybody say that the better part of valor is, I don't know that one, but it may be right. And maybe the military, our military uh, uh, men and women of service who are listening to this podcast are probably roaring over that last joke. I valor.
3: I was born with a, silver spoon in my mouth it took my parents six years to pay for the spoonectomy. <laughs> go ahead you write these Did they just come to you in, in yes this area yeah. okay um uh, i was born with a with a fork in my mouth which is <laughs> which is exactly the same thing as being born with
0: nothing in your mouth wait what <laughs> That's, rather than a rim shot, that's a great ending to everything he says. <laughs> that the audience goes, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <And> <laughs> Go I'm gonna, There's I'm other gonna buttons I just don't know what they do. Oh, press one after press this after, next after, after this next joke. Go ahead. Wait, <laughs> tell the joke. And something he's...
3: a little personal. One of one of the biggest secrets in my life uh, all these years is that whenever I said three, I actually meant four. Whoa.
0: that was by accident (laughs) (laughs) that is a secret revealed on this podcast so if you're just tuning in now uh, and i don't know how that happens on a podcast if you could just tune in (laughs) 10 15 minutes in i know but this is Lou Dinos, who's a, a very uh, wonderful- You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. No, this is what they're doing is we're watching the Sausage Factory. Oh, good. Uh, well, that, that sounds bad. Just two guys in a room talking. Is We shouldn't talk about the Sausage Factory. But I'm just saying, because my daughter's out in the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, this is- Oh, Alex. That wasn't a joke. Anyway, um, and you should try a, a lot of the other buttons, too. But and, and after the jokes. But you are- uh, 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 a very funny comic yes. who was on the road with me for many years, and now oh you are trying. You're going through your iPhone because, like me, I write down stuff and it makes no sense to me. Right?
1: I want to hear what's in your iPhone right now. On uh, my
0: material yeah. thing, okay. This is this is my material. Jeff Ross is coming in soon. Do you know Jeff? I love Jeff Me too. Ew. Talk about jokes. What's what?
1: I just keep watching the. I know working. you keep
0: get your fingers out of your mouth. Keep your fingers out of your mouth. <laughs> okay. Um.
1: Uh, <laughs> can you understand yours
0: not really here's the thing oh my god since covid uh-huh. <laughs> we've been pretty much you do everything online you can do your meetings online you could shop online you can learn online next thing you know there's going to be porn online <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that the, the whatever the rim shot is always funnier than the joke here. Go ahead. I'm looking for it. Halloween, because
3: right. now I can wear a mask.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let me see what I got here. Um, a lot of these are true stories. Yeah, like I, I can't remember.
3: I can't remember if I was in. A Quicksilver or Footloose?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do blind people ever experience love at first sight?
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <coughs> <coughs> All right, here's something you don't know. I told about. you the one, did I tell you this? My wife, my wife. In you the guys middle-
1: are just, it's just like nonstop dad jokes. <laughs>
0: It is, but here's one that's from your mom. So in the middle of the night, one night, mom took gummies.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, And she wakes up, I was sleeping, and she wakes up in the middle of the night and she goes-
1: Oh, is this marshmallows?
0: Yeah, yeah. thanks, why don't you just- Sorry,
1: sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: I didn't hear it. She woke up in the middle of the night really seriously, and she goes, what the fuck is a marshmallow? I go, what? <laughs> what the fuck is a marshmallow? I go, I, I don't know, what, what are you asking? She goes, I know what cake is, I know how to make a cake, I know what cookies are, I know what popsicles are the fuck is a mo- What is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's just somebody who was a little buzzed at three in the morning asking a question. So I went on every night at Supernova Comedy and asked that of the audience. And? It's the same response is here. <laughs> <laughs> Silent. <laughs> oh, well. uh, and crickets. I didn't have the crickets. Fool me once,
3: shame on you. Right. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right. Fool me three times, shame on you. Fool me four times, Shame on me! Right. Fool me five times. <laughs> right. Shame on you! Yeah. Fool me six times. Shame on me! Right. Fool me seven times. Right. I think you know where I'm going. This is the best. Shame thing. on me! Once bitten, twice. Uh, shy. Removed. Shy.
0: No. Twice. Valor. It's something about valor. No.
3: Once bitten, <laughs> twice. <laughs> what the hell is it? Once bitten, twice shy. Twice bitten thrice shy thrice bitten for ice shy for ice bitten (laughs) five five ice shy five Five ice bitten six ice shy seven ice bitten i think there's a lesson there howie fool me 16 times (laughs) (laughs) this is
4: for sure the best episode really yeah
3: i love (laughs) no-brainers they're right up my alley you is that a line yeah i love no-brainers yeah i love no-brainers when people say that's a no-brainer, I love those. It's right up my alley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are those all the sound effects we have? Just like sparkles? I don't know. And- yeah, this
3: is a uh, We're out. happy We're happy out. Uh, uh, Hanukkah day, or uh, as I like to pronounce it, what? Hanukkah.
1: Why do I even plan shit for this podcast?
0: You got stuff. You should do I your stuff. stuff. Don't let this stop you. I got good Jackie. stuff. I got really. <laughs> He's got
1: good stuff. Like oh, the- okay. you don't know
0: this? Can I okay.
3: just say this? My yeah. mother was a fighter. I didn't know how much of a fighter she was until the Dermot Sinclair fight.
4: (laughs) What?
0: That was that joke was the best thing since sliced bread. What's Dermot Sinclair? What
1: is that? That was
0: a real fight. Oh. (coughs) I like when they say the best thing since sliced bread. Me too. Because you're setting the bar really low. Like, nobody ever goes, wow, you have sliced bread? <laughs> this is even better than that. Are you kidding? Slice fucking bread? They took bread and they sliced it?
1: They should say the best thing since the it's wheel. Even
0: better than right, that. the wheel is, the like, wheel? amazing. Yeah. Whoever came up with a sliced bread? Yeah. It's not even just bread. It's the fact that it's sliced. Like, they had bread. Right. But then once you slice it, fuck, that's amazing! <laughs> it's gonna sell like hotcakes, this sliced bread. What? You're clo- <laughs> did you end, Did you just end the-, the It's just pod. another button. What? It's just another button. I know, but that's the button that ends the shit. You ended the fucking podcast. I, I'm over it. Oh, you don't want us to tell any more jokes? Yeah. I like the jokes. You do? Yeah. You're asking me? <laughs> Nobody's talking to you. You're not wearing a headset. You're just eating <laughs> chips and reading your book.
3: I have a- I,
0: have I think it was legitimate a legitimate whipped cream show. ad.
1: It was? Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. I'm, like, I'm going to send you the First things.
0: of all, I love t- TikTok, and I know that they are very, um, they really do put up flags when something isn't good, more than a lot of the other platforms. I, I don't believe that either.
1: I'll send it to you. It's not, like, from The Onion. The well, Onion here is here's fake. my idea. For a it's from
0: Vice. I just bought a uh, crotchless T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. This is the quiet parts of this uh, podcast. No, but in the meantime, it's hard to keep changed. that level up.
1: No, it's not. I can talk about, you <laughs> can talk about, do you want to talk about Ted Lasso?
0: I love Ted Lasso. Yeah. I'm then he, say, he won all the Emmys. And,
1: yeah. Or I wrote, about Seth Rogen calling out um, COVID? COVID at the Emmys. So I would have
0: it. just said goodbye.
1: <laughs> I know, but he came out. That wasn't planned, right? They no, came and said it was think. supposed to be COVID safe and that it was outdoors. And, and then he it loved was- that he
0: had the closed tent with the roof, he said. And it's more important for you to have three chandeliers than to make sure that Eugene Levy doesn't die of COVID. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, can I give out a comedy tip? Yeah. Is anybody asking if you're
3: doing comedy i want to give you a comedy tip let's say let's say for example you wanted to tell a joke about the number 11 why a great place to start Mm -hmm. is the number nine
1: (laughs) why not (laughs)
0: ten? work yourself up well he's he's the expert yeah well she asked you she you're not wearing a headset she said why not ten no because uh, jackie
3: (laughs) If you've never been on a stage, that question would be so silly. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> There's no such thing as a stupid question.
0: There is no stupid questions. No. <laughs> anyway. You know
3: that joke about the, the guy <laughs> that, that, that... This is not my joke. The guy, the guy uh, is wa- looking for the wisest man in the world, and he has to climb up this, this mountain to get to the top of this mountain to see the, the smartest man in the world... And and he, it takes him years to get there, and he finally gets to him, and he and he stands in front of him and says, Jill. he says, uh, uh, "Can I ask you? Can I ask you a stupid question?" And the man says,
0: "All right, but thanks for that story." The, uh, the, the, the man, <laughs> the, no, that doesn't. Don't finish. The man says, "You don't have to finish." There's no such thing as a stupid story,
3: and he says, "In that case, forget about it." <laughs> and then he goes all the way back home.
1: Do you want to hear a good story? Yeah, I heard. Okay. Yeah.
4: Hello, um, I'm going to need everyone to go to the OBGYN immediately, and I don't like to give advice, but I'll give it um, because you don't know what's going on up there. I stopped in on the way to work two days ago um, because I woke up and my boyfriend's dog, Fluff, uh, who he thinks is a sweetheart, was licking me in an inappropriate place. So now my biggest enemy is named Fluff, and we don't make eye contact, and it's hard to be mad at a dog because people think you're mean. Anyway, I stop in the uh, the clinic about two days ago on the way to work, and they say, we don't do walk-ins, and I go, I'll walk right in, because we have a situation, and I just think I have an infection, probably, so all of a sudden, I'm in there, doctor's putting her gloves on, she goes up there, and she goes, something's in here, and I go, I don't really care for the small talk unless you found a baby in there, what's going on? She pulls out a soggy piece of paper, I go, did you lose a tool up there? She goes, I don't, none of my tools are paper, so then it's actually a note. She starts reading it. I go, past here. Um, and I can barely read the writing cause it's been up there for about 43 years. Um, my age and, uh, it is from my birth mom. It goes from your birth mom. I didn't want to give you up, but I didn't have the funds for twins. I kept your sister. We're going to need you to come to Texas. We miss you." Luckily, I have miles, so I fly to Texas, and she only said her name was Mary, so it took a long time to find her, lots of Marys. I met one enemy, one close friend. I end up finding her house, and she's passed.
0: Oh, my God. She passed
4: away, but she left gold for me in the backyard. There was another note on the doorknob. So I'm digging for gold in the backyard. Her neighbor comes out with shotgun. He goes, get out of this yard. Our friend died. I go, this is my mom. Let me get the pussy note that I found. My OBGYN found it, I promise. Um, and I showed him. And the point is, just go to the doctor, because you could have an STD, you could be pregnant, or you could have a note from a loved one.
0: Oh, that's amazing yeah that's that a, is a good that's a public it's a service message. it is it's
1: a good message what's her name um homes homes
0: homes homes on tiktok
1: on tiktok
0: well that is a good message you know usually we do uh lighthearted material but that is a good uh solid um accounting of an experience that i think a lot of people share mm-hmm. um i once put a note in my, you know, in my rectum, you know, I did that, right? Mm-hmm. I told yeah. you.
1: Yeah. But tell everyone else.
0: <laughs> so um, I go, I used to go once a year to the doctor for a physical. I didn't, I was remiss in the last couple of years because I didn't want to go to a doctor's office. And part of the checkup for a male is a prostate check, which I find incredibly uncomfortable and awkward. And you're weird. Okay. So <laughs> I, uh, I put a note in there knowing just wanting to be in the room so the, I bent over the table and the doctor put on his glove and he oiled down his finger or whatever he does and then he sticks it up there and he oh, oh I hear him ooh, like that. and he pulls out this little crumpled up piece of paper yeah he goes what's this I go what do you mean what's that you're checking what the fuck is that and uh he opens it up and it's just a list it says pick <clears> up milk Red everything and I just go fuck that's where it is. <laughs> There's no button on that? No button.
3: So you Thank know I've come up with a TV show idea, and you know how you borrow, you're always borrowing from other ideas. Mm-hmm. I have a cop idea. One cop's name is Fender Hedgehon, the other is Pitch Fordentherper. <laughs> they are known as Fender Hedgehon and Pitch Thordenpur Like Starsky and Hutch. But with one exception, they're,
0: they're, they're, they're Fender Hedgehog and Pritch Fordentherp. So you just, you're just you going to take the old Starsky and Hutch scripts and changes, this Which one is uh, is Starsky Fender Hopton? Fender Hetchon. Fender Hedgehog. Yeah, that's Starsky. That's Pritch Star- Fordentherp is yeah. Hutch. You know what, what a you should great do? Idea. What? You should
1: actually pitch that, like, put one of those hidden cameras like on a pin and go pitch shows. Bad shows? Like, bad shows. I've like
0: done that, that before. Really? Yeah on purpose yeah you know we did bad shows i did this show called how we do it and a big
1: (laughs) but that was a real show what you didn't pitch it like it was a bad show. no
0: within that show we had hidden (laughs) cameras
1: i'm
0: not telling you i pitched a shitty show and it turned out to get sold and it was my show
3: <laughs> Your very first special, if I could just say—I don't know why you never thought it was funny. Your very first one, where you walked into the jewelry store and said, "Herb sent me." Remember the name of the?
0: Yeah, that was a, a Carnegie uh, from Carnegie Mall. Live from Carnegie. You're, Mall. On
3: those, you're on the treadmill, and you're, yeah. you're just testing it out. Yeah, that was all very funny Thank stuff. You. Thank you.
0: Well, let's rewatch. You should rewatch. I will. But I, I could
3: just see the captain. Of I the- want
0: to do remakes of. I'd I, I like to go pitch. Re- you know what I used to do. I used to call my agent all the time. Chips are finished? Are the chips finished? <laughs>
1: <laughs> now it's your turn to try to talk while he's eating chips.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember calling my agent, I would say, you know, I, I'd call my agent and say, you know, hi, it's Howie Mandel. I saw a black widow t- uh, last night, you know, and I'm trying to think of a, the, you know, the guy that ran the, the control center that she went into, I would say this to my agent. He'd go, no, no, I didn't see that. I'm just telling you i would be perfect for that part he said okay is there any way you can get me in for that i saw the movie last night and i'm telling you i could kick ass you give me that part and i will just skyrocket skyrocket my acting career and it was really funny when you hear the agent not knowing whether i'm just insane there's no tv camera so he's not on a tv show and he would just say well just clarify, you saw the movie? Yeah. And you, you you wanna be the part that was in the movie? Yeah. Well, how do I do that? I go, that's that's your job. I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job. You just get me that part. I know I'm perfect for it. You want me to put it on tape? You want me to make a tape? And you'll say, he goes, Howie, the movie has been done. And then it gets like kind of serious. I, You can't be in a movie that you're not in when you but i saw it in my perfect for it. right and i would just and finally he'd go oh i gotta go to a meeting and there was no meeting but he would just hang up on me and my wife would always say who is that joke on like now you just somebody who works with you and is 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 there to try to build and help build your career thinks you're an idiot
3: i remember you would call your agent when you went on an audition and say to them i'm in hollywood can you make me a star
0: <laughs> I'm in Hollywood. Make me a star. That's you. Did you finish your chips? Yeah, I did finish my chips. Oh. So can I, I, I could just imagine the Wait, captain. We are, uh, my guest is here. Okay.
3: Imagine the, yes. the captain of the of the police station saying, Fendon Thorpe and Thorpe and Ship, get in here. Love that. Take
0: your chips. All right. Take Thanks. your chips. I Jeff will. Ross uh, is here.
1: Mr. Wait, Ross. before Jeff Ross, well, Jeff Ross could come in too, and we could talk to him. But I have to let you know, I'm watching, like I'm watching the Gabby Petito case like a hawk and right now they're on live with the pathologist breaking down the autopsy
0: okay i don't need that right now i just finished the chips okay never mind no 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 we'll do that
1: okay i'm just saying if anyone wants to watch i'm busy right now but if anyone wants to watch the update and let us know they're live no
0: by the time this they see this what the autopsy will have been out
1: no i know but i'm interested personally
0: come on in jet oh okay He's stretching. <laughs> I love this guy. Hi. Hi. Come on in. Right Sit here? down. Yeah, middle seat. You guys middle have seat.
1: matching hairstyles.
0: Yeah, we middle do. Seat. Two Jews. Two bald Jews. What is this? Spirit Airlines? Middle seat. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. What? you don't like the seats? <laughs> no. You want a more comfortable seat? No. My, 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 my daughter gets really mad at me. Hi. Because Hi. I, I talk ad nauseum about these seats. Are they famous seats? Yes. There's do you know plaque. what
1: you're sitting on?
0: No. <laughs> the plaque on the the armrest on the end. They see the plaque.
2: Read it, read it to me. I
0: don't have my glasses. These are the front row from Johnny Carson. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. So these are the front row from Burbank, from from when they tore. You know they bought. They sold. Wow. They sold the building, and then they tore down the, the. And nobody was taking keepsakes, so I took almost everything.
2: <laughs> so I, you're saying that Buddy Hackett farted in this seat? No. Oh, uh, an audience member an audience member watching Buddy Hackett <laughs> farted in this seat. This is the audience
0: that, you know, you sat on a, uh, when you're a guest there, you sat on a couch or mm-hmm. you sat on a nice easy chair, the entire audience, this was like stadium seating, and he would go up into the audience and do stump the band and-
1: For and, a germaphobe, those seats are probably
2: filthy. Probably, but I'm not sitting in them. Only yeah. guests. <laughs> Only guests. <laughs> by <laughs> today's standards, they're beautiful, the blue and it's a part of history. I feel very uh, honored to be. I honest. love
0: that, and I and you should be honored, and I'm honored to even have it in place. That it, the uh, and I do this. My uh, my my daughter gets. Where's so, the booth from? C- center <laughs> booth from Caesar's Palace, the yeah. original Caesar's Palace center booth. He asked. I didn't even tell him. But that, that's the original when uh, they signed Celine Dion to do. Uh, they tore down Circus Maximus, which was the main showroom. And, uh, and then they built uh, whatever that's called. Where does she play? It's called the... Uh, Forum? The Forum. Yes.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> My daughter, her son has a runny nose, so I won't let her in the room. She I usually see. sits here. I see. But she has somebody with a runny nose. I know it, it is
2: a little off-putting having her behind me, but it's fine. <laughs> you're off-put by my daughter behind you? Um, uh, where, where's the, the milk crate from? Uh, the, the j- piece of wood? Yeah. Oh, that's just from the other room.
1: why do we have that there's
2: no story for that milk crate where's that deal or no deal sign from
0: (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say that you are one of the funniest guys and i've known you since you were like a kid right Uh, yeah how old were you when we started working together
2: (laughs) working together is very generous it was charity you gave me a gig uh or rich did one of you guys did um I was probably in my 20s. It's got to be 25 years ago or something. Yeah. Are Um, you 50? I'm 56 this week. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Wow and you're and you're doing
0: better than ever would would you ever dream as that 25 year old comic that at 56 you would be so in demand everybody would know your name you're still working he's on the road right now not only with himself and his own concerts he does he works with dave chappelle yep. i just saw you was it in the last week you were doing bumping mics so yep. Dave Attell. i yep. love Dave tell that's gotta be i've never saw and you know uh my daughter went to see you live with charlie sheen Oh
2: wow! A, she saw Atlantic you City. at the Borgata. Mm-hmm. That was the first one.
1: Really, it was amazing. It
2: wasn't the Borgata. It was, it was the a... the convention center. Oh yeah, it was a convention center.
1: No, it was in a. It was in the oh, maybe. I don't know. Well, I don't know what, what
2: I well, well, that was the that was a, a monumental moment um, in my roasting career because he'd been bombing on his torpedo of truth tour for weeks. Is that what he called it? Torpedo of yeah. truth. Yeah, winning. Yes. winning that whole thing when he had tiger blood right. and I didn't know him I didn't know him at all but I was um at a party f- at Jimmy Kimmel's house a uh, big Hollywood party with George Clooney for Howard Stern and all these people I was there you were probably there I was at
0: that one when the first time that Howard Stern came to town cuz I remember Clooney was there yeah. I was at that party
2: and uh I remember um I had a my uh, my girlfriend at the time with me and uh uh and she fainted when she met uh, John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> George she, Clooney was there. Uh, Howard
0: Stern was there, but John Stamos made her
2: uh, Made her faint. Out of uh, good. She loved it. She loved it. So and thought, Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse made Ronnie um He's my neighbor faint. now. He's a very good guy. Bring he her li- by. He lives right by Yeah. So you can watch her faint again. You're not with her anymore. No, but we're still good friends. Right. Well, she came too. She finally came too. Okay. I got a phone call from Charlie. She I had gotten some feelers saying You know, they might want you to show up at the Charlie Sheen tour. This is, you know, whatever it was, 15 years ago, probably 10 years ago. And uh, I said, well, uh, for me to get on a plane and go to roast him in an arena like that, I need to know he wants it, not the promoters want it or his man. Like, he needs to call, ask me to roast him because it's a big deal. You got to prepare. 10, 11 o'clock at night, cell phone rings. It's Charlie Sheen. Jeff, please, I just made you. A reservation 5 a.m. flight or something to, to, to Atlantic City to Philly whatever can you so now I have to leave the party write jokes on the plane write jokes all night I'm delirious I say I need all I need is a um, a rolling podium and a hazmat suit <laughs> and I write jokes all night I, I don't even meet Charlie. I meet him briefly. Chuck Zito, his bodyguard, like says, don't go too hard on my boy, basically threatens me, puts a fist in my face. So now I'm like, I got all these crazy Tiger Blood winning Charlie Sheen fans. Uh, I, it is Jersey where I'm from. How do I do this? So he starts bombing, and when he would bomb, He would throw money back at the audience, like refund. He'd throw hundreds out, like it was chaos.
1: It was insane.
2: You remember. It
1: was insane. I've never seen anything like that. And I've been to comedy shows and stuff like that, but it was not like a comedy show. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. And that's what I was going for. I knew it was going to be very different. She flew
0: from here to see that live. She flew across the country. I go, where are you going? Her and her husband. They went to a Charlie Sheen concert.
2: And I walk out when he he starts going south. You remember this then. Mm And I had a hazmat suit on, and I rolled out a podium, and I said, "Hey, my name's Jeff Ross, the roastmaster general." I got some applause, and I go, "I heard there was a bomb scare,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I'm here to, to remove the bomb or something." And I roasted him, and it went so well. You know, he's like, "Get on the plane," you know, and, and I he just, was good. He was a good. He was very gracious about it, and we wound up doing like ten or twelve of them. And by the end of it, I was like, why don't we just do this on TV? And I delivered him to Comedy Central on a silver platter. And the rest is history. By the time we did those dozen tour dates, I had 20 minutes of material about Charlie Sheen. Have you done every roast that Comedy Central ever did? No. I missed a few um, a long time ago. Oh, Other people were producing them. Did you do the Trump roast? I did. I produced the Trump roast. And I roasted Trump. You produced it, right? Yeah. And you roasted it. What was that like? Um... At the time, he was just a funny New York character. No, but here's, a, the, my question is, you know,
0: in the vein of a roast, you you have to be, like you said, like Charlie Sheen, you got to be okay with it. You got to know what it is. And it comes from a place of love, you know, but it can be hurtful. I don't know, I I, I don't remember seeing the, the, or I don't- It can't rem- be hurtful.
2: I have to disagree. What? You say it can be hurtful, but...
0: Well, the wrong... You have to take it. You have to have a good sense of humor about yourself. But what I'm saying, if you don't have a good sense of humor about yourself... Then you then, shouldn't
2: say yes. But do
0: you, does Trump mind... He, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would take a joke.
2: This is one of the most debated things about Trump is why would he agree to be roasted? You know, does he have a sense of humor? I believe that his... Sense of humor or lack thereof evolved. When we roasted him a couple of times. So he
0: evolved into no sense of humor.
2: I believe so. And wow. I confronted Usually him.
0: Evolve, evolution is you would get a sense of humor, right?
2: During. <laughs> wouldn't it? You would think you would soften up, but power made him more rigid. When I first roasted him, um, I guess the second time for Comedy Central, you know, the situation was there and Snoop Dogg was there and it was like a famous you know, New York moment where where, where uh, he, all his friends and family, Melania was in the, they were all there. And Greg Giraldo went up and just, you know, wiped the floor with the place, killed. And I see Donald is just stone-faced, not, not you know, just staring. Right. You know, pretending it's not funny. Right. And I went up to him in the commercial break and I said, um, whether it's funnier to you or not, You need to react so that we don't just cut to the audience laughing at you. You need Uh, to be in on this. If you're having fun, everyone will have fun. He looked at me, he kind of nodded, he kind of got it, then he was fine. But no, because then he's laughing
0: because you told him that that will look good. He's not laughing because he thinks it's funny and taking it.
2: I think he thinks it's all funny, but thinks it's funny for him to act like it's not funny ah i think oh. vulnerability was not in his brand that so makes hard.
1: sense that's kind of like you don't have to turn around and break your neck every time I'm i love talking. it It's Sorry. great, <laughs> but like that makes sense looking back at his apprentice show and everything like that it was very serious and it was he was the boss i think that was his brand so maybe that's what he was kind of going for as i well.
2: believe that's true and there were things he was more sensitive about. You know, he didn't like jokes. I said, I read your book, The Art of the Deal. Why did it have four chapter 11s? <laughs> and, you know, he made like, it
0: known that he didn't like that?
2: No, that was all fine. But apparently he told, you know, it, it was out there in the writer's room that that stuff was bothering him and he was always fudging the numbers whenever they put his net worth in a joke or something like that. He would fax back a bigger number and leave the joke as it was. But, but make me, I have 4 billion, not 3 billion. Right, this that trouble. kind of stuff.
0: But that's, that's hysterical that he would do that, but that's not self-awareness.
2: I believe everyone loves to be the center of attention, even when there's a target on their back. And I think Trump epitomizes that. However... Not everybody. When he... Big
0: stars. Oh yeah, people who are in this business. Big yeah. stars. Right. Ego. Right. Even if it's negative,
2: I don't ever think roast is negative. No, you're saying people like att- it's attention. It's done from a, an affectionate place, as you know. So you
0: so you think ro- you think Harvey Weinstein is enjoying all the attention?
2: No, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I think that's different. Yeah, I think if someone says if someone consents to be ro- consents to be to be roasted then they've got to be down for whatever. I, I want everyone to leave a roast going, that was so much fun. I want to do that again. And you're smart enough, or you're as the producer and as the, the, the star of the, you are the
0: Roastmaster General, you're smart enough to know that the, the key to us being able to accept it, first and foremost, is the roastee to be
2: able to accept it.
0: And I, if they're I, enjoying it, but if they're not and they're getting hurt... It's death. That's
2: right. And I only saw that once. It was with Charles... Tra- Chevy Chase, and I wasn't at that roast. I had nothing to do with that roast. But when I found out later that they didn't really introduce him to the roasters and stuff like that, sorry, it really bothered me. And I I think that that's why that one went south. But with Trump... What do you mean? Do they know the jokes before? No. No. So what do you mean? Even the
0: other roasters don't know the jokes. Right. So what do you mean he had to be... He had to meet the roasters? He had to...
2: Greg, I said to Greg Giraldo afterwards, he said the roast went really bad. I said, well, what was... He he said he said that Chevy seemed out of it. He wore sunglasses. He showed no vulnerability. He complained he didn't know anybody and his friends weren't there. I go well, you know, and he, and they said and he never looked at me and they never acknowledged me. I go, what do you mean? Well, didn't you meet him at rehearsal or at dinner? Like when I produce a roast, I have a dinner for everyone the night before.
0: Oh, so it's like the uh, like the old time, uh, what's the club? Uh, Friar's Club. Like the Friar's Club. Right.
2: Yeah. You want to look someone in the eyes before you call them a motherfucker. You know, like you want to have some human contact. Right. And he didn't do that. And, 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 and at least Trump, like... He would shake everyone's hand. He would thank everybody. He got what was going on. Right. Not only that, he came to the Friars Club roast every year. He'd watch me roast other people. So when it got to him, he kind of got it, even though, even though he pretended it wasn't funny. Then when he got into politics, I I, I spoke to him a couple times while he was president about this. I would always he'd always want to talk about you know, uh, whatever's going on in the world, and I'd always bring it back to... Wait,
0: he called you to talk about what's going on? No, I
2: saw him. Oh, you saw him, yeah. Yeah. And I'd always bring up Joan Rivers and Don Rickles and try to remind him where he came from, that he loved that stuff, that he was in the in the hospitality business. He was in the, the show business. People, we all worked for him. Right. I flew down to Mar-a-Largo on his plane and made fun of him in front of his... His rich I worked friends. Mar-a-Lago, of course. Yeah, it was a great gig, and yeah. he was very generous. He walked me to the uh, to the major, to the to the manager of Mar-a-Lago, said, "Take care of Jeff, whatever he wants." They handed me the keys to a Cadillac. Me and my buddy got to, you know, float around Palm Beach like big shots all weekend. And Trump, you know, I'm not saying you know he was the warmest guy, but he had that thing that my dad had—that caterer that that thing where he wants to put his arm around you and go, you know, like, this is a good guy right here. you know, how'd you get such a pretty lady? You know, take care of this guy. Like he's always wing and always right. making sure everybody's okay. And I think that's part of why- What changed? I think power and the fragility of his ego, instead of having every, people always say like, what did Trump do for the common man that they would voted from? He entertained them for decades and suddenly when it wasn't at, when he wasn't getting the the love all the time from certain groups of people i think that tripped him up and made him recoil and i said to him in the oval office i said like you know you canceling this white house i said this in front of the director of the cia and his national security team you know they were waiting for him and i i somehow found myself in his office uh and I said, you know, like you canceling the White House correspondence Dinner, it's not just not healthy for democracy. It's not healthy for you personally to and your crew and your staff here. You all look so stressed out. Like the world will be a better place and your lives will be better if you have a moment of levity every day or every week. Like people need to be able to talk to you the way they always talk to you. And this job doesn't have to be uh, uh, so intense. It laughter, it truly is therapeutic for you. And, and what did he say? He took it in, he listened to me, but nothing changed.
0: Wow, that's nervy to say that because you don't know how he was going
2: to react. I knew he wouldn't take it well. Um, he was very, he it was so a, you just would sit in the Oval Office and talk to the president. No, I, I was invited there, um, for lunch once. Um, I was there another time. For, Were you afraid? to be
0: invited there for lunch and then you know uh, being part of hollywood and i'm not asking you what how you vote or anything right. i don't i don't care about your politics the the thing is that that would be polarizing in the way that uh who who was who ellen sitting with was ellen sitting bush with yeah when ellen was sitting, yeah when ellen was sitting with bush there was like huge hoopla right in you know the, the hollywood community
2: and they did that to chuck schumer when he talked to Kellyanne conway at a wedding and, and and you know, like in other words, at a certain point, and, and comics are really good at this. Like, I make the same jokes in front of liberals as I do in front of conservatives. Right. You know, it, comedy brings people together, and if you can't confront your, but were you not afraid that you like there'd be a a picture of you in the Oval Office? There was, and you know, and did it hurt you? I, I it, it it didn't. There wasn't a picture of me in the Oval Office. It's hanging on my. Uh, wall uh, with uh, other uh, various politicians and war criminals. I have every single, <laughs> you know, I love having everybody from. I have I have a picture of me with the Obamas and the Bidens. I have a picture of me with Bernie Sanders. I have all the mayors I've met. I just like that stuff. I like that being a comic is a backstage pass to the world like that. I have a picture of me and Donald Rumsfeld, who I often think was despicable. Uh, in, in the way he handled Iraq. But there's something about this little kid from Newark growing up and getting a hug from all these people that sort of gives me, de- delights me. So I, I hang them all up. But to be in the Oval, you know, one time I, I I did post it right when Trump got in, I ran into him at a golf course and he was trying to get me to the come to the uh, inauguration. And I kind of didn't want to go and i made an excuse and of course in a weird way you, you could have went, went there to be you would have been a roaster you could have roasted i could have done it all <laughs> the, 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 it, everybody who got involved with trump got chewed up and spit out but i do sometimes fantasize about how did i become friends with a guy who became president that did nothing about it like it kind of eats at me and i see you laughing like you get it yeah you know it's like it's never going to happen again it's not like I mean <laughs> David Tell you don't know you don't know if you would have told me Sarah Silverman called me and said how can you post you know post a picture of you and Trump he's like Hitler and I said he's not like Hitler and if he's ever like Hitler you'll be glad I'm friends with him <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant you are brilliant you know uh,
0: people Thanks. know you for your uh, comedy and for your roasting and that I watched you on I can't remember what it was, on somebody's podcast kind of recently talking about uh, the documentary that you did about going, you went to uh, Iraq? Yeah. yeah. And your, I don't know where they can download it, but they should, but your talk about what it meant to you and your fear you didn't want to go and then you saw what it was and you ended up shooting this documentary was one of the most moving, touching, wonderful moments I've seen come out of anybody you know and what it meant to you to be able to go there and entertain and kind of what was going on in the moment in real time in your mind from inside the plane it, it was a, it was a beautiful beautiful dissertation yeah. on Thank an experience you. that a lot of and and it just the light bulb went off because you're talking about the experiences that you have these as life comic-
2: adventures Howie and I know you have a million of them I was like floating through life and you know you get to a certain point where you go all right maybe I'm maybe I found what I'm gonna do but maybe this is sort of the the ceiling on it and is it all worth it and what am I really negotiating here like you know free drinks at a club and is my name spelled right and and Buddy Hackett my mentor died suddenly and I was a little lost I was a little lost. Were you close to Buddy? I loved him. I I didn't know him.
0: I I know uh, Sandy. But I, I I didn't know. Buddy him. and
2: I were like mentors, not right the word. We were almost like brothers. We we're, were both eight. Where'd you meet? We met in an elevator at the Friars Club.
0: You know. He was one of the funniest. Of, Whenever I heard or saw the listing that he was on Johnny, I would never miss it. He was the best joke teller, the best storyteller. You
2: know who hates, that's what I, first time I met him was in an elevator. I was going to play poker uh, with Elon Gold up on the uh, fifth floor of the Friars Club in New York and Greg Fitzsimmons and, and uh, Buddy gets on it and I'm like, oh my God, Mr. Hackett, this is such an honor if my parents were alive to see me meeting you, they'd really be felling and this and that. And I shake his hand and he shakes my hand. And he says, you know who hates farts the most? Midgets. <laughs> That's all he said to me. <laughs> and this door opens and he leaves. <laughs> and then a, a year later, he saved me at a roast. Milton Burrow was heckling me relentlessly. Now I'm like doing the roast and buddy kind of came to my rescue and, He gave me his phone number. I didn't use it for a year. Finally, I'm in Beverly Hills, and then we became uh, where we talked every single day. He was like my morning orange juice. I'd wake up to an answering machine message of buddy either asking me how I was or just doing a funny joke that he thought of that day. And we just became, you know, I wound up giving the, the eulogy at his funeral. We were very, very tight, and I still talk to his wife, Sherry, all the time, and I call her on Mother's Day and stuff like that. But um, when he left, when he left the world, suddenly I really felt like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, I didn't have a wife and family to, like, fall back on emotionally. I was really alone. And that's when Drew Carey, who I'd, you know, done various writing jobs with over the years, said, hey, you know, I'm putting together a little squad to go to Iraq. This is in 2003. Uh, The early days of the American occupation of Iraq, they take it over. Saddam's still alive. Shock and awe. Shock and awe. And I called it Operation Enduring Diarrhea because... (laughs) You get sick over there? Oh, my God. (laughs) This is rough. And uh, Saddam's Revenge, they called it. But, you know, I don't think I fully understood the job description of being a comedian until I was able to go over there and entertain people in uniform. Making a joke... Um, penetrate a a, a Kevlar vest or a helmet, like I thought the government and the military was the same fucking thing. I had no idea. I didn't know veterans. I didn't know anything about the modern military industrial complex. I just, I didn't understand that they were volunteers. I didn't understand that they were um, mothers and fathers and ethnically diverse and way more sophisticated. The army... Military people are way more sophisticated than you would think in movies. You see war movies, there's a lot of knuckleheads and you know they're like gung-ho. But when you really meet the military, they're just engineers and doctors and, 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 and truck drivers and electricians, and it takes a lot. And I really found like a crowd that wasn't drunk, that wasn't obnoxious, that was there to laugh. They weren't there for date night, facing death. Facing death. Even during the show. Exactly. You know, a helicopter goes over or you hear an explosion nearby. My hotel room got mortared while we were out doing a show and still went back and slept there that night. And I still do these shows. I I went to Alaska last Christmas uh, with Seth Green, my neighbor, and we, we... did a, a little comedy routine and a handshaking tour. And just on uh, a couple weeks ago on 9-11, I performed on the USS Iowa down in um, Long Beach for uh, Afghan war, Afghanistan war veteran, American war veterans who served in Afghanistan. And an amazing guy. And thank you. And it's a little bit that I can give back. It's more than a little bit. It really is the fact that you're there. And I, I,
0: I truly, you know, believe that laughter is the best medicine. And you are out there as one of the, the giants, a giant pharmacist of this medicine
2: that that. we give.
0: Um, Let me So so
2: I hear, okay. I love that you said that. Here's what I've been telling myself. And now I see it with the crowds because I see you out there working on your stuff, you know, comics, we go to the gym, right? You know, laughter is the best medicine. We've all heard that Howie. And people go, well, how can you still do it with cancel culture and this go? I go, That's all bullshit. If laughter's the best medicine, would you ever want your who wants their medicine watered down? You want your medicine potent, name brand, full dose. And and, I, I and it's agree. working. Well, I agree, but it, it it works um
0: in front of the audience. I do personally have a fear of getting cancelled. And you you walk that edge even harder because an insult could be taken out of uh, context or even uh, not that that's something that you even care about, but even referring to somebody as a different prone, the things that they're looking at now or the things that you or I might've done 15 or 20 years ago, a tweet, a video, something, a sketch we were in. Right. It could come up and then you're just canceled. Do you not think about that or you don't give a shit?
2: I do give a shit because not because I'm worried about getting canceled. It's more because I don't like to hurt people's feelings. That eats at me. The Roastmaster General says, which yes. is interesting. Yes. I it, it, When I hurt someone's feelings in a rare occasion that it gets back to me, it eats at me, and that's what keeps me up because I really do try to find the line. But even as a single guy, yeah, you know, dating, you know, you could... You can't dip- ask anyone out. That's over. What do you mean? Women have to make the first move. They yeah. have to... Guys are. I can't. I don't know how to do it anymore. So a woman, if a woman wants to go out with you, they, she has she to f- tell me, or she has to flirt. She has to tell me something, oh. and it's and it's really a problem. It's really hard. And what about you misreading uh, what you think is a? It doesn't signal? happen because I'm not doing it. I just can't. It's just too scary. I can still have my swagger. I can still. Be charming. I can still try to be funny and try to get someone to like me, just like I always did since I'm like 13. But as far as crossing the line to that first kiss or like, can I get your number? I do think it's a woman's world now. And by the way, Bumble is the most popular dating site. I'm not on it, but women tell me that's how they like to meet guys. On Bumble, women have to choose. It's not a. It's not a democracy. It's women's. But I'm only talking about a date. It's just like, uh, you know, without mentioning names, there are people that have
0: gotten close to being canceled from what I would consider a bad date. Right. Or a mis- uh, calculation of what they thought was a signal. Right. Which happens. It's just two people who don't really know each other. And you think that's what they meant. On another note, just changing direction. Fun
2: talking about this stuff. I, it is. I I, I, I I love sitting down with you and being able to air it out. Well,
0: I'm really scared. You know, I'm scared because I happen to be on what is considered, and I love my job there at, at America's Got Talent, but it's a, you know, it's a broadcast network and it's ad supported, and so i I feel like so fucking stifled all the time, you know. It's and even because you're
2: on social media and you're popular on social media, and that's where most of this shit goes down. As you know, if you're at uh, a comedy club or, you know, a, one of our pop-ups outside, right? nobody gives a fuck what you say. You could right. say Queen Elizabeth is the biggest cunt in England, and everyone will laugh. If you say that on social media, you're going to get fired. It's See, not yeah. a good room. It's just not a good room. Social media. So I stopped putting comedy on my Twitter. I just stopped. I was like, this isn't a good crowd. But you were doing comedy. You were doing roasts on Instagram. That's a good crowd. That's fans reaching out, going, please roast me. It's my birthday. I am in the hospital. I just had surgery. Please roast me. It's our anniversary. Let me have it. So that's a good crowd. But for some reason, Twitter, not a good crowd. Wow! In the beginning, you remember, we'd write a joke and you'd see you got a thousand retweets and this is such a... And only Look what happened to Gilbert uh, on, twi- on Twitter. Uh, and those were people who were angry who don't follow him. Well, I know. How, how can you get mad at a joke that you're not at? If I do a joke at the comedy store and someone at the improv gets offended, what world are we in <laughs> anymore? Uh, you know, my, my
0: little theory there is that the company that fired him you know, wanted, they were probably paying too much money Yeah, they looked for an excuse to get rid of him. And they have the exact same character that sounds exactly like Gilbert still. (laughs) And that's probably somebody just working for scale. Don't you
2: think? I got the call right when Gilbert, Gilbert's a good pal of mine. I just spent days with him and his family in Florida on the beach. Isn't he great? I love Gilbert with all my heart and I love his, his wife and kids. Um, I got an email. I got an audition to audition for that fucking duck that he got fired for. And I sent Gilbert the email. You sent Gilbert the email. Of course. I go, Gilbert, I'm going to take your job. Of course, I didn't even audition. But it just made me crazy what hypocrites they were. They're going back to another Rose comic for an audition after what they just publicly hung him out. To they made him apologize to get paid and then still fired him. It's amazing. It makes me crazy.
0: But that's that's scary. From the time that I started, you know, the um the safety net was a joke. It's a joke. Like even if you weren't in this business. If you said something and somebody turned around and they were offended by what you said or you might be getting in trouble. The the safety net was I was just joking. I was joking. And if you if if they believe that it was just a joke, it was okay. But now they take the joke As hard as they take a direct bullet to the between the eyes. And that's not what it's meant to do.
2: It's meant to diffuse those bombs. It's meant to take the pain out of life. And it's like, that's not funny. You can't joke about that. Of course you can. Well, there's never too soon. There's
0: never, but not in the world of comedy, in, you know, amongst us. And there's nothing that's off. Limits. There really isn't. There is to the public, to the general public, but really, real comedy comes out of tragedy and darkness.
2: When when nine eleven happened, I remember being in New York, and it was a big thing. That Dave Chappelle and his wife and baby evacuated the Soho Grand to my apartment in the Village, and we were very distraught. Like, what are we going to do? Is comedy over? And within twenty four hours, we were like. Do we need to cancel the Hugh Hefner roast? And I called my manager at the time, Bernie Brillstein, a comedy legend who'd seen it all, I thought. I said, Bernie, like, how do you, what do you think's going to happen? And he's like, I don't know, kid. I don't know. And when the old guys don't know what the fuck's going on, I start to go, wow, we're in new uncharted territory here. And of course, New York's resilient. The world's resilient, and we all started joking within a week. But and by the way, there's a great documentary on Vice right now um, called N- N- "Too Soon: Comedy After 9/11." I got to check that out. You'll love it. It's all about that time. <clears throat> Gilbert did the did, did the joke at the Friars Club, well, right? You within know, we the did the Hugh Hefner roast, and and I was a producer on that show, so I had to write a letter to the Friars Club to Hef and to Comedy Central saying, um, you know, we wanted, they wanted to pull the show. No one wanted to fly in from LA. The, the venue needed a, to know what we were doing and uh, was this appropriate and we were supposed to have an after party. And I said, let's take the after party, make it a fundraiser for the Twin Towers Fund. Let's put on tuxedos, go to the Hilton and do the show. And if you don't do the show, the terrorists win. And that was not a cliche back then. It really meant something. Like you were the first person to say that. I felt. <laughs> I felt like that was the first event that was like a real, because Hef, Hugh Hefner, everything the terrorists could hate about America: free speech, sex. You know, Hef. You know, maybe that was the epitome not, of America. Was Americana. the epitome of all that. <laughs> I don't know if the "excess" is the right word, but let's call it freedom. Yes, and. And it wound up being a cathartic fundraiser for something that was important to us. So I think comedy, besides just making us feel good, it can actually, like, do good in the world. How many times have you gotten stopped, Howie, and someone said, I was in the hospital, I read your book, or "I I was going through a breakup and I watched you on TV? Like... That's what a comic is. I love that, and that and that cheers me up. I, I you know, I, I, uh,
0: my, uh, my psyche settles in depression. So you know, I need like when somebody comes up to me, and that's why I like being, kind of recognized or somebody saying, you know, I was going through a hard time, and uh, you know, you made me laugh, and my mom used to watch you on Deal or No Deal. Everything that just makes me feel good, and that kind of brings my spirit up but you know sometimes i want to i would just want to give it up because i've always used humor myself you know most of my comedy was by myself Mm -hmm. you know that's why i like pranks right because i in school was always doing things without an audience without Friends, without telling friends, hey, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk up to this guy and I'm going to say this or (laughs) I'm going to drop the chocolate bar in the pool. No, when
2: you froze, when you used to freeze and then people would walk by like a museum, like, I don't You did this one where you just... You said I did something to you. Oh yeah, you got me good. What did I do to you? You
1: don't even remember. You have so no. Many he told me because
2: I remember.
0: saw him the I saw him the other night. I uh-huh. saw him the other night. We were at Supernova, <laughs> and I was saying that uh, you know Lou, who just you know Lou Dinos? who just yeah, yeah, walked yeah. out of here. So Lou used to be my opening act right. at the beginning, and I fucked with him so bad, I really did. I've apologized well, over and over again. Lou, if you're still here. I'll, yeah, I'll give you another bag of chips.
2: You have to. So here's what uh, Howie, king of the pranks, but I'm like. A deer in headlights. I'd never really performed at a theater before. And all I knew about you was that you once made Todd Barry go into some (laughs) trapdoor... you know he won't let me he won't I, let me show that video i have it on video i i mean it,
0: it, 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 <laughs> i'll just i'll just for the listeners so todd i, I played in todd barry i saw him the other day hilarious comedian one of the funniest guys and it was at uh it starts with an l it's in new york uh, uh upstate new york uh, um it's a city in upstate New York they, they have theater in the round there okay. It was a theater in the round And we walked in for the sound check And it's a theater in the round And the, the chairs are all around And uh, he says How do we get to the stage? And I said You you just walk down this aisle And you'll go to the stage You know It's like the Westbury You know it's, right, It looks right, like right, that right. I'm trying. You know You just and uh, Are you leaving now?
1: <laughs> I have to pee I didn't want to interrupt you But I have to pee And I'll be right back No we'll wait No wait. Now
2: she's going to make me have to pee you really? No, I'm, I'm okay. Peer pressure? So, <laughs> so. My so, sister says I'm a panic peer. I always have to pee right before I'm introduced to the show. Is that true? So I need, I need, I, I almost like. Wear adult diapers. Like, David Tow and I, we do our bumping bikes, Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's always right smoking a cigarette, right where the exit door is when the opener's on. And I'm always like right near a bathroom because I have to pee right as I'm being introduced. It's fun that we enter from different sides. That's hysterical,
0: <laughs> every time. Just because you're afraid you might have to pee, you bring it upon yourself. Yeah. If you have to go pee, feel free. So uh, I was just gonna, So Todd, and then Todd said to me, because I wasn't thinking of pranking him. Todd said, so when I say goodnight, do you still come up the same aisle? I go, no, you go through the trap door. <laughs> He goes, "Where's the trap door?" I said, "I'll have them show you after." Anyway, go to your dressing room and fill out whatever right. some paperwork or whatever right. they want so the pay goes to you. So he uh he went to the dressing room and I went down to the to the uh stage manager, and I said, is there a, any part of the stage does it open up and go down? And he showed me there's a door. You can open it up. and with theaters that are in the round that revolve, that's where they plug in all the speakers uh, and all the thing, that's all the electronics. and it's only about two and a half feet deep. <laughs> you know it's not really deep. It doesn't go downstairs. But I said, here's what I want you to do. then do not mention it in front of Todd when he comes out. But when he does his show, first of all, before he does a show, take the door off so to leave that hole there, okay. And then when he says good night, I want every spotlight just to go to that hole, and that's all I need, okay. <laughs> and Todd goes, "How am I going to?" Yeah, we're going on in five minutes. Todd I know goes, "This just
2: put together." It was brilliant,
0: and I have it on video. Rich, we have it, don't we have it? I was going to show it on my talk show, and he said, "Please don't." And then what happened is he does this set. It's in front of like 3,000 people. He kicks ass and he goes, good night. And the crowd goes crazy. And all the spotlights go down to this little door and he goes, good night. And he steps down into the hall. Oh, Cause he said, I said, you're gonna go down there. As soon as you go down there, then bend down, knock. And the guy will let you all the way down to the stairwell. He goes, okay. So he does his great show. The crowd's roaring. He goes, good night. The spotlights go to this hole. He jumps in the hole. It's up to his thigh, you know, and then he ducks down. So you see the back of his back and all the spotlights are just on the arch of his back. And the crowd is like the, the applause has died down. And then they open the house <laughs> lights saying there'll be like a 15-minute intermission. <laughs> and they're just looking around. And the guy they just enjoyed for half an hour is sitting like hunchback in this hole. And every oh. so often you can see him, his head pops up and he's like looking around in panic. Nobody's answering. Nobody I'm knocking on the floor. Nobody's answering. People are just wandering off into the lobby. He was in there for like how long was he in there, Rich? Maybe 10
4: minutes? See, this is where you and I are different. I was tell I was like, let him off the hook. Let's look. Let, and you're like, nope house lights <laughs> let him stay in there it was like 20 minutes and then, <laughs> and
0: then you see him finally just stand up and wand, step out of the hole and then wander up the stage wow. with a, he was so angry but and I feel bad I do this shit all the time and then uh, he didn't want to be on the road with me anymore he, so then there was you
2: he couldn't take it huh
4: uh, hey, Howie, and then he and then he came up to us in the dressing room he looked at Howard and he goes there's no there's no trap door is there <laughs>
0: did, he, <laughs> uh, did he have a sense of humor um yeah I yeah. think he did, but I think he was really embarrassed and I felt bad. He didn't feel, he didn't, I don't See, know. See, that's
1: the that. difference. You will play pranks for yourself and you don't care who it's on. Well, if I do people care. People get mad. I,
0: I, do, I do care when they get mad, but in the moment while I'm doing it, I don't know that they're going to be mad and I don't know what to do when they're mad. I say, I'm sorry. And Lou has been the, the,
2: the, the recipient of a lot of these. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. I wasn't humiliated in front of the audience. Mine was <laughs> was a strict thing between you, me, and I guess the crew, and I guess Rich. Um, I was very young in my career. I'd never really done a theater before. So um, I'm on stage and you know, when you're that nervous and it's like, it, it's, a, it's also like an opportunity, you know, I'm probably making more than I usually make at the clubs. And we roll into the theater, I guess I must've been at sound check. Um, and you know, Howie's a big star, you know, like this is a huge few thousand seat theater and it's an off night. It's like a Monday or something. So you're filling a theater on an off night and I go, what's all this? Do you have an orchestra? And the stage manager says, "No, that's for the rest of the week." You know, like carousel is per play here, or whatever show was. Guys and dolls was there, so there's a full orchestra behind the curtain, and that the audience is never going to see. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I have, it's, it's not even ringing a bell.
2: It's not even a funny story. But I go on stage. <laughs> <laughs> how can how can
0: whatever? follows yeah. your reaction how can it not be funny <laughs> the fact that it's not funny is making me laugh because you can't even get it because out because
2: it also taught me something about myself like keep calm and carry on you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on stage and i'm doing my act whatever the fuck i talked about back then right right <laughs> you know, waffles new jersey you know uh growing up in the case K- just my little cute like you know, I wasn't the roast guy. I had, no. none, I had none of that attack mode. I was cute. You were an adorable little Jew <laughs> with a full head of hair. With a f- Jew fro yes. that, that would make uh, any uh, any 70s basketball player jealous. Uh-huh. And every time I got a, it, it was a reward. Every time I got a laugh, a big laugh, which was, you know, every couple minutes I'd get a big laugh, not constantly, but when I got a big laugh, so that the audience just was loud, right on the laugh there'd be a, a, a huge gong noise right behind my head <laughs>
4: oh. Do you remember this now No now? do you
2: remember it Rich
4: You know you well, was you on the gong Well probably
2: <laughs> I did not know that till right now I assumed <laughs> but so every time I'm like punchline waffles and the audience would roar and then come right behind my head. So the gong is a foot behind, there's a curtain, I'm in front of a curtain, and then a gong. And the audience doesn't hear the gong because they're laughing on the left. But what they do see is me... Me flinching like I'm about to get hit with a...
1: Every time there's a round of applause, you're like, this? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so I'm never killing this hard. I've never killed this hard because it's like this big theater show. But I'm also like, there. you know, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call that. Like, it's tyrann- I, you know, like, I turned into like wild and crazy yeah. guy. On the... <laughs> Two guys walking to a bar. Whoa. <laughs> and... You know, I st- I have no idea, because I didn't even see the gong beforehand, right. so I have no idea. I, of course, I get off stage, I walk around the back, and you guys are standing there with a gong pushed up against the curtain.
1: <laughs> you just found a gong and put There it was up. a gong there,
0: so I just pushed it. There's an be- organ. a whole What's orchestra. What's really interesting is I learned, I did a lot with Lou, too, that the the, the juxtaposition of being able to be behind a curtain right behind a comic yeah. without them knowing, and to be hide uh, through the anonymity of a giant laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah was hysterical we did one and it, it wasn't me which we had a comic also opening for me and right on the setup in the middle of the setups one of the guys one of the stage managers would just stick his bare ass out the out, <laughs> out the curtain so that, that he'd be going you know i'll tell you something i went on a date and it was a first date she looks at me and she says, and then you'd hear the audience go, whoa, whoa, like they're singing ad. And it, like, But we did it the whole act and it was off and he got upstairs. stage. I go, how are they? He goes, you know, they're responsive, but they're weird. He had no idea. He goes, they don't have a sense of timing. You're gonna feel really off out there, Howie. They do this weird thing and it's not even like laughter. It's just, whoa, that was, whoa, this is gonna be good. And I just let him describe that to me and I always felt like that was gonna be.
2: <laughs> so, so in my case, I, I honestly think that I learned that I can pretty much k- concentrate through anything.
0: But we have to listen, and then you end up going to a, a war-torn, you know, camp. You it, prepared me for war. That's yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> Thank That's exactly on wh-
2: behalf of a grateful nation. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm a giver, and people don't realize when I give yeah. that it's the gift. It sometimes hurts. Yeah, but it's worth no pain, no gain.
2: No, it was it was it was a perfect uh, moment. And uh, but we, I remember you doing
0: really well. You're 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 softening up how you did. You no, I did out.
2: fine. I did good. But uh, you know, every time I got a big laugh, it reminded me of my bar mitzvah. <laughs>
0: you had a Be- gong at your bar mitzvah. No, I
2: had a canter, and 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 he would, you know, when you're at the was it the Bima, right? So the canter's behind you. And you're the son of a caterer, right? Yes. And the cantor My canter, god, your, your bar mitzvah must Oh, have been. I had the bar mitzvah of the century.
4: <laughs> but the
2: canter would poke me in the ribs every couple of minutes to keep me from when my voice would quiver, to like keep me from getting too nervous. That <laughs> that's that's, that's calming? That's <laughs> A calming was it? Wasn't, a, a, a it wasn't, but I don't know why he did that. <laughs> and what does it do? You're going uh,
0: "Baruch atar, Oh no! I think he, he just did it a
2: little oh, just to keep me present or something. <laughs> The only other person to do that was Milton Berle on my first roast. Uh, um, he did that, um, he would poke me- but, but with me, his dick. <laughs> he poked me in the ribs to bring it full circle and it was so annoying that I finally started going after him and making fun of him. He
0: was known for having the biggest dick in Hollywood, wasn't he? He did
2: have the biggest dick in Hollywood. Well, I saw I'm it saying he was. You saw it? Yeah. What? You've been to the Oval Office and you've seen Milton Berle's dick. Yeah. <laughs> How did you see Milton Berle's dick? Um, we were at the Friars Club. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he wanted me to see it before he died. Oh that's was, so touching. It was very touching. And I felt really uh He said that to you? Not in so many words. How he, what words did he use? I got a pee. Could you help me? <laughs> 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 so I help him. He's in a wheelchair. No, he then. said I got a pee. will you help me? Yeah.
0: What was your what was your
2: I was like a, you know, I was a sweet guy that would sit with him for hours and eat a no, sandwich. No, no, I know,
0: I'm not, he <laughs> told me <laughs> about
2: Fidel Castro sending him cigars and shit like that. No, I get
0: that. But if somebody said, I have to pee, would you help me? I wouldn't yeah. know what, like, what is, what was your You ju- would say no. I probably, Dad. I'll get
2: somebody. He was in a wheelchair at yeah, the time. Right. Not because f- he couldn't walk, but for his cock. It was... <laughs> Sometimes he used his own personal cane. Sometimes he used
0: the chair. So, but did you have to unzip him and pull out? Did you did you handle his dick?
2: No, no. I peed. I I think he just wanted someone there in case he. The buddy system. A buddy system, like a spotter.
0: And you were able to pee on, like at the. Milton Berle's going to pee, I will pee. I will. You just said that the same thing. Girls
1: do that all the time. No,
0: but he. You did that to him. You know that. When you said you had to pee i his, almost went yeah. he almost went he's he said he's a peer he pee, a paddock peer. but paddock I, pee. I can't
1: i can't hold it because i've had kids so well, you know you, you got to it.
2: do more kegel, kegel i know yeah. I have do heard. you do
0: kegel exercise? Like
2: no, never. no no <laughs> you got to do it i got to get my my vagina is got to be tightened up
0: i don't think it's your vagina oh is it is kegel kegel your your vagina I think it's the muscle in and I think that they tighten it up because what happens is those muscles are loosened when you have a child and therefore sometimes when they laugh, they pee or when they sneeze, they pee. So if you have trouble holding in your pee, I don't know that this is right, but you do Kegel exercises and as a man, so do them while you're here. That's where
2: the expression comes. It wasn't a dry seat in the house. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) How are you feeling? I, I feel good. Let me finish. I got to finish. Go ahead. He's peeing next to me. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> Milton Burrow. He knows it. Yeah. And I'm now I'm, I you know, I helped him up and just make sure he's okay. And while he's doing it, I'm peeing and he leans back just enough to show me that it's endless. Wow. Endless. Wow. His giant 90 year old penis. It's like a fleshy rainbow.
1: Wait, even flaccid?
2: I think he wanted me to... My yes, daughter's had it, <laughs> Yes, Yeah. Please. I think he wanted me to know how big it was because we were roasting... Um,
1: Can Jeremy animate that?
2: <laughs> we were roasting <laughs> Joe Torre, the Yankees manager. Right. And, you know, I wound up having firsthand account of how big Milton's famous penis was. How big do you think it was? <laughs> um, it had a warning track. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was gigantic. But you think he showed it to you? Oh, for sure. That was his famous thing. I'll take. Let's have a, a, a big I'll take dick out the do. other Did half. he?
1: Did he look you in the eyes while he leaned back?
2: Um, I don't think it was that weird. It wasn't yeah. predatory at it all. It wasn't that weird. No. It Just
3: was
0: like, it come was help like, me. I want to show you my dick. That's like the worst, most fucked up gender reveal party I've ever heard about.
2: <laughs> he also taught me how to smoke cigars and taught what me. What do you mean, som- taught you how? I never smoked a cigar right so what did you start with his dick
0: <laughs> what
2: did you what do you
0: mean he taught you how to smoke what He's is like th- you
2: don't smoke cigars any he, any he, any he, you know he 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 took a, a cigar out that he said fidel castro sent Cuban him for cigar. christmas wow you know because he would play cuba back in before it the, was illegal yeah and he took a cigar out he stuffed it and held it in his nostril <laughs> And this and is the guy that taught you that how to you taught <laughs> and he <laughs> inhaled it he inhaled it and he said if it smells like shit it's cuban and then he took that out of his nostril and put it in my mouth and he lit it and i've been smoking cigars ever since It's the worst fucking story i've ever heard of my life. For a germaphobe it's the best for anybody
0: you don't have to be a germaphobe. <laughs> that's not how somebody would be taught how to He stuck it up his nose and into your mouth. First he
1: saw his dick, then he took a cigar, stuck it up his nose.
2: (laughs) Is this all the same day? No, no, this is over the course of a couple of years hanging out. (laughs) But why, didn't it bother you that it was from his nose? It it was amusing. It was shocking, but at this point, it was probably the greatest show business. It it was like...
0: When people think of show business stories, it's not like from your nose to my mouth.
2: Don't forget, I was the young guy... In the steam room at the Friars Club, listening to these stories. What they- happened in the steam room, Jeff? <laughs> well, let me tell you about Henny Youngman. Uh, no, I'm just I worked kidding. with Henny. Henny was, he was so great. funny. I he only got great. to meet him a few times. You know who
0: I hung out with when I first moved here? Did you know? Oh, Dean Martin's uncle. What was his name? He came to my... Uh, he had the crazy legs. He was always at the Dean Martin roast. He was Dean Martin's uncle. Crazy legs. He, lived, re- he lived in the Hyatt. Yeah. Did he want a more comfortable chair? Are you uncomfortable you want more comfortable no no no. i'm good i'm good okay uh a comic yeah he lived in the hyatt on sunset dean martin had a comic uncle yeah he, he never really made it big but he was on his thing he did that crazy leg rubber leg dancing he was on a lot of the roasts dean martin's uncle i'm gonna look it up tell a tell a, a, a story that'll be so that the audience will be so leonard bar that's him leonard barr do you remember leonard barr no you don't remember leonard barr no recollection of this person he was very funny he was like a henny youngman he was a he was like but he and he was i
2: i got to know him just from the roast i watched all the dean martin were you a fan of the dean martin roasts yes i didn't know what that stuff was when i was a kid it was only after they asked me to do the roasts in the late 90s that I went back to the Museum of Broad... You couldn't YouTube anything back then. right? So I'd have to go to the Museum of Broadcasting to go see what the roast format really was and how far you could go. And they asked me to roast Steven Seagal. And I didn't really care about Steven Seagal. But when I looked up the roast and saw, oh, Milton Burrow and Red Buttons and Henny Youngman and Buddy... H- oh, this I can get behind. These guys I can... This will be like... Mount Roastmore. I'll be the right. young guy. And my buddies downtown, they all made fun of me for hanging out with the old guys because that was they were all doing alternative comedy, cool, hip comedy. Oh, the days of Largo. Right, and I was like, you know what? I'm doing the most unique alt comedy. I'm going to put a tux on or a suit and go hang with these old guys. And, no,
0: and I love it, and everybody loves it, and you don't have to be in the in crowd to get it you know anybody can get it and that's what i love about and i I think that you invigorated comedy central comedy central itself i don't think there's anything that uh maybe south park and the roasts Mm. are the two things that people think about when they think about comedy central so cultural perennial moments yeah and those are the moments and whether you're poking fun at at uh, donald trump or bieber or bieber
2: was he good? Was he good? Uh... Bieber was the, a rare, a rare time when, you know, because I'm on all those talent calls for years. It was one of the one times where Bieber called us. Really? Scooter Braun, his manager, said Justin wants to get, and I'd mentioned it to Justin one other time or something, but he was, he had a big album. He knew He had a great album that hadn't come out. They knew they had something great, but they had a PR issue. Right. And Justin's talked about this, and Scooter's talked about this. And Justin has personally thanked me for this moment because he had just gotten arrested, he'd gotten in trouble for different dumb teenage shit. Right. Stuff you do when you're 19, 20, 21, and you got all the money in the world. And he needed like a reset, like, a re- like when your Internet's out and you got to turn it off for a minute and turn it back on. That's what he needed. He needed to own it all and do something where he accepts responsibility by taking the jokes, taking them well, and then having a really good, funny, self-aware, sincere rebuttal. Right. And that by design, I took him out, we, you know, we went out for lunch, we practiced, like he really cared. And he volunteered to be roasted. He really wanted it. Did you help him write his rebuttal? We did. The team did. Yeah. I did. I wanted to, I heard the sincere part. He ran, And I've never told this before, but I didn't want to hear his jokes. I wanted, because I knew I trusted the team to take care of him with the comedy. I wanted to hear his owning it. Mea culpa is not the right word, but I wanted to hear him own his childhood, his juvenile behavior, and then man up. And I worked on him on that part. He had it handwritten, in a notebook, no handlers, no publicists. He really did it from the heart. He really can write. And... Then he wanted to talk about me. He said, Jeff, are you seeing anybody? You'd be a great father. Like he was a very sincere beyond his years. And I think the roast really like did that for him. I think so. That was his comeback. I I think that was his comeback. I said, Justin, everyone's been pointing their fingers at you lately. But that's mostly just lesbians telling the barber how they want their hair done.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that's brilliant. I feel that's great. Funny. I know you
2: asked about why I'm coughing. Like uh, I had, I had, I had the Delta COVID. variant, and I, I got the vaccine, and then got COVID like you know and that was rough you it was, told me it was rough i saw you right after and you were gracious not to run away from me and asked me how i was feeling and i feel great no but you told me that you
0: got a cough you thought you you were leaning up against the counter you thought your
2: ribs were right it felt like you know the beginning of rocky too when they're in the uh they can't their ribs hurt so much and um how long did it last for i think i was really in pain for about five six days and then you know, by the 10th day, 11th day, I was back out on the road. Chappelle called and said, come to Florida. And I just couldn't be in the house anymore. And I tested negative. so right. I, So and I went. when you finally get rid of COVID, Florida is the place to be. Exactly. <laughs> the worst part was probably um, I lost my sense of taste. Still? I'm going to see Dave Matthews' band at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> that's a joke dave i love you <laughs> did you lose your taste and I smell? i did i lost taste and smell and and does that come back did it come it, back it did come back because i think some
0: people here we have a couple of people in here that are not faxed does that bother you
2: i mean at this point i think enough people are either are lying about it any i'm all, you're always around non-vax people right all we can do is take care of ourselves and assess our own risk you have to assume when you're going in anywhere that people are not vaxxed right so many of my friends colleagues are not vaxxed sometimes it's for good reasons and sometimes it's ignorance but well i think an ignorance is a good reason too. um <laughs> But no these
0: guys are smart they're just uh you know everybody has a different uh, opinion right jeremy <clears throat> oh my seth kyle <laughs> i'm all
2: in i just got my 17th vaccine shot. <laughs> yeah.
0: here's what i'm gonna do right now here's what i'm gonna do right now and they got because the, they they hang with my son and everything i have did this once before but i'm gonna do it from now to the end of the podcast if three of you say if the three of you say okay i'll give you 50 grand
1: Wait, just say it or they actually have to do it? They have
0: to, well, say it and do it and go through it. $50,000 on the table right now. To get vaxxed? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, they got to say yes. He's,
1: no, he offered it before and they said no.
0: But but no, Jeremy wasn't there. I offered I offered it to Seth and Kyle. Jeremy wasn't there. I don't Ky- know if they-
1: Kyle, uh, you'd say yes. Uh,
0: I offered uh, Kyle the other day five grand. He didn't say yes. What? So I'm saying they could split the money any way they want, but it's got to be uh, the offers off the table at the end of this podcast. I'll give you $50,000. I guarantee you, I promise you, if you say right now that you will be vaxxed and you do get vaxxed, you have to get vaxxed. Talk about it, and we'll continue this, and hopefully what's by the debate? end. What's
2: the debate? I mean, what's the debate? Fifty grand for something that you're going to have to do eventually anyway, just to go to a fucking ball game. <laughs> well, they don't have to eventually. Why? Because you might want to go to shows. or
0: might I be. Think, st- this is what I think, and I'm not saying this about them, but I think that people who have a um, whatever their reasoning is, um, and uh, for not getting the vaccine, will get fake ID. And make their way into a places. lot of people are doing that right so what's the point so they'll find ways to get in it's it's not about getting into free or not getting into free it's whether you want the vaccination or not it's also whether you want fifty thousand dollars or not
2: why do you care that much that you would offer up fifty thousand dollars to be honest with you you want me to tell you your what? son my son <laughs> yes
0: that's why but it,
1: he's vaccinated
0: i know but he's with us uh, but here's here's what happened this guy was vaccinated And he got sick because he was around somebody
2: who wasn't vaccinated at one of the shows. And, I I mean, I was sick, but I could have gotten fucking... I could have been dead. Dead! Yeah, We'd be talking about me. And Norm. Oh my god. That killed me. That killed me. Do you have a Norm story? (laughs) I could talk about Norm all day. (laughs) One hit me the other day that he was so fearless, he didn't give a fuck who he pissed off or I'm in the hall. I got two good Norm stories. Good. You'll love this. So SNL, he would invite me every now and then. Norm McDonald passed away just last week. He was a good friend to all the comics and and revered. So anyway, he used to... My, my, I know him since I'm a beginner. And my first comedy club gig ever is in catch a rising star, Princeton and Norm McDonald, This is 1990 or 91. Norm's done a few, uh, local talk shows in America, small time, but he hasn't made it in America. He's kind of got a little following and, but now he's starting to headline in America at comedy clubs. This is at a time where in New Jersey, if you weren't telling dirty nursery rhymes wearing a leather jacket, you weren't really interesting to anybody. But here's Norm, this goofy Canadian accent, really telling these long, weird bits for eight shows. And he probably bombed three out of eight shows. Whenever he killed, which was, he would kill, when it was a sophisticated crowd, he would get him and he would kill. He would just go backstage, he'd pull out a deck of cards and he'd make me and Rich Voss play poker with him. When he bombed, Norm would go to the exit and say goodbye to every single person who left. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be weird and make us laugh and be awkward for the people. He'd thank everyone for coming after he bombed. He was such a nut. I love that. That's a committed person. (laughs) i love but that's what i loved about him. he was it. just grasping fame and figuring out how to be who he- to be different and-,
0: and also one of the nicest most genuine authentic people i've been watching over and over again one of my favorite <laughs> moments of of his is in 1998 in january so if you look it up january 7th 1998 he did the letterman show that is the day that he got fired from weekend update right and he wouldn't say anything negative. Letterman did many, many times to him in his face. But he, he, first of all, he was fired. He still showed up and did this appearance. You know, if you got fired off your main event, I doubt you would want to promote it and be out in public, right? And that's all they talked about. And he would not say. You know, uh, Letterman was going. What kind of idiot would fire you? No, he's not a very nice man. He was a nice man. He just didn't like my. He would not. He would not be smirch the guy that the made class act. He, the, the most
2: class Don a- Olmeyer. yeah and it occurred to me and I was talking to my buddies on a text chain the other day a bunch of comics and I said you know this wasn't Norm's time he didn't want to live in a world of Don Allmeyer's everyone trying to cancel everybody right you know it, it it was interesting that he's gone now did you know he was sick I didn't know no me either you said and, you had two
0: stories. There was uh, What's the other one?
2: Oh, so he'd invite me over to SNL once in a while to play poker on off nights, on Monday nights or something, and to watch him play poker while watching Monday night football and a baseball game. Like, he was a gambler. Right. And I guess somehow one time I found myself on a tape night on a live SNL. I'm in the hallway with a bunch of pages, writers, you know, basically plus ones filling out the hallway. I don't know if you, you know, I'm sure you've been up there enough to know that where, where the, where, where the reception is, there's a lot of hubbub, right? You can go to the dressing rooms this way and to the right is the studio and, you know, right. uh, uh, makeup and uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I believe Rosie O'Donnell was hosting SNL and her very best friend, Penny Marshall uh, was uh, there to support her. Penny Marshall at the height of her movie director swag is walking through the hallway with her head down, sunglasses on, baseball hat, doesn't want to be bothered. Treating all these basically writers and NBC employees and me and Norm as big timing us, pretending we're just looky-loos out on the street, right? Just doing a celebrity. Don't bother me moment. Fly, fly and, by. Fly by. Thank you. And Norm picks up on it. And he just starts pointing and screaming, Laverne, Laverne, Laverne. <laughs> 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 and she didn't look up. She never knew it was Norm. She just gone. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and of course, the whole always falling down. Like, I, I wonder if he's
0: doing it now. Up there. <laughs> up there. <laughs> she's up too wow those are great stories man you are living a life i hope you realize the life that you're living and these experiences are uh, few, few and far between for most people in this world and you you navigate it wonderfully you're a good human being and that's you know that, that always Thanks. It kind of affects me more than even, and I think you're brilliantly funny. And I think that your career is good. And uh, I, I think people know that not only are they watching the roast and watching your material, but that's is your baby, you know, you produce it, you, it comes to the screen, bumping mics. These are all great, or, you know, kind of original, even though the, a roast was done before, but not like this. You know, it wasn't that Dean Martin roast didn't look the same, feel the same. And you are changing pop culture. Thank you. Emily. You also realize, you know, you're a real good soul and human, and those are few and far between. You know, especially we kind of bump into them in this business because mm. I think that in in other forms of uh, other occupations, people must hide within themselves who they really are, and I think that people who are successful in our business uh, are given license to be who they really are, you know? And they people always say, you know, fame really changed them and then it became such an asshole. Well, no, you were an asshole, but you knew you couldn't act like an asshole because you were trying to get famous, trying to get the job, trying to get to the party. But once you're invited and it is your party, then the real you comes out. And you're one of the few with such great success and so much um, opportunity. And I think you give a lot of other people opportunities too. So many people have been, blasted I think out of the the roasts I think that's what and the roast battles and the roast battles but so many people's career came right out of the roast I, I think that Amy uh, Schumer mm-hmm. has the roasts to thank and uh, many other people mm-hmm. who got who were put on the map so you I, I did
4: want
1: to ask I know that people come up to you all the time dad and ask for you to judge their talent and stuff like that because you're on AGT does anyone ever come up to you and asks you to roast them just off the street like a string they do yeah (laughs) they do how do you even do that (laughs) you can judge no but you know
0: what he's amazing at that because that's what i found fascinating in all the shows that we've done we did a a gala for jfl the last time we actually worked on the same show he has the ability and i watch him do it live on instagram do you are you still doing it on instagram sometimes yeah it's i do
2: it like when i'm when i'm stuck inside in a rainstorm or You know, so he's able to call people just from the audience, just and
0: this is not pre-planned, not pre-written. He doesn't know who's going to show up. He doesn't know what they're wearing. He doesn't know what their occupation and that's what he's not given credit for is your improvisational skills and your wittiness in the moment to be able to just look at somebody and size them up and not only size them up and, you know, roast them but roast them viciously in the most loving fun way where everybody's just laughing as your mother is being eviscerated in front of an entire crowd and that's why you know even i was afraid for you when you did i I don't know how many of his i've watched everything but even his special from um uh prisons Mm. you know did that was that scary
2: it it was genuine it's still scary because they're all getting out now, <laughs> <laughs> and I did get a weird uh, Instagram DM from one of the uh, white supremacists with the swastika tattoos. Like, I'm out, motherfucker, and oh I don't know god. if he's being scary or joking. It seems scary. How do we find out? Yeah. I don't uh. <laughs> want to find out. I did talk to a security person who said to ignore it, but um. Oh my god. Um, I I, le- I learned early on that if this was going to be my lane then I couldn't always wait for Justin Bieber or Alec Baldwin or Donald Trump or whoever to say, please roast me. Let's put a tuxedo on and do it. I wanted to be able to roast folk music, folk, folk comedy style, like the regular people. Um, and that's when I started bringing audience members up and I don't pick people like I love Don Rickles, my idol, but you know, you sat in the front row, you were essentially volunteering. Right. At a Rickle show. Right. But and and, and And that that is an important part of it. Right. But when I say who wants to come up here, I put the house lights on and hands go up. And if someone points to someone, I go, stop pointing. That's bullying. Put your hand up or put it down. Don't point. I don't want anybody coerced or pushed up there. And once you get that consent. You can say
0: anything. It is kind of amazing. I follow you on Instagram. And on Instagram lives, those are amazing. Because they're going, roast me, roast me. And everybody just wants to be, you know, uh, kind of humiliated. (laughs) I'm using the wrong word. It's a badge of honor. Yeah, it is a badge of honor. And I'm willing to be humiliated. But that also shows how self-assured you are if you're willing to do that. You
1: wouldn't. You wouldn't do a roast.
2: I think Uh, you would.
0: No, no, no. No, uh, I would be roasted. I, uh, I've been
2: asked a couple of times. I, I feel... You have very strong opinions about making fun of people.
0: But at the same point, you know, a lot of people won't do pranks because they think it's mean. But I don't think that's mean. I don't... The, the intent is not mean. But
2: let's just debate this for a second. Okay. When you're pranking someone, they're not... You're catching them off guard. And that's the comedy. Okay. Right? You don't have consent to Well Well, the, the, the comedy for me is this. The comedy for me is
0: that we are all fish out of water. Everybody has that dream that you show up at the party in your underpants, you know, or you walk into a room and you feel uncomfortable. You're not sure what's going on. I love the comedy, even though I have an act and and whatnot, I love the comedy of um, real awkward, uncomfortable situations because I feel like I'm always awkward and uncomfortable. And I use comedy to make me comfortable. If I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying. I'm just uncomfortable. And I came to it, we've talked about this. I came to this, Alan Funt was my hero. And I didn't understand stand-up comedy. My parents bought albums. Candy Camera. Yeah, my parents bought comedy albums and they watched The Tonight Show and there'd be comics and my parents would be laughing in the living room and I wanted to go in and see what they were laughing at. I was four or five years old. And somebody would be talking about their mother-in-law. I don't know what a mother-in-law is. I don't know (laughs) what that is. I didn't understand the jokes. Right. The one time I saw Candid Camera and I was sitting with them and Alan Funt explained to me, you know, and I've told this story so many times and so many I've never other. Heard okay, so uh, he explained to me that he's gonna pretend he's, uh, this is his office and that he's hired a receptionist. The receptionists don't know that they're on a TV show. Right. And the receptionist is told by him, they must answer the phone and they must never miss a call. That's the most imperative thing. I need to get every message there is. You cannot miss a phone call. Then he tells me that he tied one of the legs of the desk to a rope, which is drilled through a hole in the wall in the next room, so that when the phone rings, when she goes to reach for the phone, somebody on the other side of the wall is going to pull the rope and the desk is going to slide across the room so she can't reach the phone. (laughs) So see, you just laughed before it happened. And that was what got me. So what happened was he, I felt like I'm in on this. And this is, I remember he said, and and we're about to do it. She's about to sit down. I remember turning to my parents with such anticipation, such excitement, such joy at what, it's kind of like when you're throwing a surprise party for somebody and they're, oh, they're coming up the driveway yet. They're coming up the driveway. And here's how I reckon with it. If you are going to, I did a show at Fox called Mobbed where people gave, uh, important life messages to people, but they would be in the middle of a flash mob at the time when there was flash mobs. (laughs) It, It did really well and it was good, but they would argue with me because they thought that the beginning was mean. And I think if I love you and I wanna throw a surprise party for you, then I have to make you think that everybody forgot your fucking birthday Nobody gives a shit. Everybody's (laughs) made other plans. They've all made other plans with everybody else but you, so you're left out. I need to drop you to the lowest, darkest spot that I could drop you so that when you open that door and it's a party, then that is such joy. So the point is- Beautiful. It is. If you're
2: thinking about it that deeply,
0: then I'm on board. So when I give people, when I prank, but even, and then I think, you know, even if I'm doing prank phone calls, we do a lot on this show, so just what is at stake there's somebody at a business and i'm making ridiculous requests you know how long will they stay on the phone even as little as it's not always this happy ending but if a spam call is coming in you know where i my extended warranty i try to see how long i can keep them on the phone (laughs) you know they're calling me they can hang up anytime is that mean
2: It's not mean. Someone will say, well, they're making minimum wage and you're a big shot calling them. To me, that's a secondary thing as opposed to the human interaction of making people laugh, making your fans laugh. That's a greater good going on. I have a hard time pranking people or even surprising people. The roast is to your face, which is arguably harder in some ways because now you're intimidated You know, here's my thing. In
0: order for the joke to be funny, there's got to be a seed of truth, of honesty. So if you're talking about the eight shitty movies that somebody did, I'm willing to laugh at myself, but because it's not me, I don't want to talk about your shitty movies because I don't know. And even if you're laughing, are you laughing because it's uncomfortable? Like, I don't know that. I'm hearing it after and they go, it was the best time of my life. But it scares me that... There's two things I won't do, personally. I won't roast, and I was called a couple times to, to do it. Sure. And I, right at the beginning. Right. and And uh, I said I can't. And the other thing is I can't be on a game show as a celebrity playing for a civilian because I don't want my silliness or neptness to... Uh, be the re- responsible for you not leaving with as much money as you p- could possibly have met. That sure. would break my heart sure. if you lost because, and in my mind, I distracted you or did something silly or were doing something for the benefit of my career over you winning money. I see.
2: That's what happened. I I, I like that.
0: Well, that's what happened. You know, Deal or no deal was the, I, I said no to it. My wife made me do it because my career was waning so shitty. And I hired uh, uh, comedy writers. And then when I went out on stage and I met the first person and they let me hire comedy writers and I had so much material I was going to be on five nights on on, uh, uh, St. Elsewhere I saw that the the contestant who I'd met this would change their life if they walked out of there with 10 grand her life would be changed she could put a down payment on health insurance for her kids she could buy an apartment so and I saw she was in a glaze on the stage so I changed I didn't do anything funny and I just Said, you know, fuck it. This is a real human being right here. So that's why I said, you know, the offer, and I just wanted them to hear it. You're not on TV. This is not pretend. The offer is $60,000. That's why I did that, just so they could deal or no. I wasn't trying to be dramatic. I was trying to talk to her like I talked to her when she was five years old. Take the fucking money. Right. Take the fucking money. You got to leave here and your life will be better than it was when you came. And I was so embarrassed with what I had done on deal or no deal because I said, I didn't do comedy. I didn't play a character. I didn't do funny voices. I just wanted people to be better off. That's all I wanted. And I thought it was so, so embarrassing. And huh. nobody is more surprised than me that that actually took off. And it was actually the biggest success of my life to
2: date.
1: But you were an SNL character, the, the slow. Yeah, but, but
2: t- <laughs> forgive me. Fred Armisen, I mean, yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing and you used your daughter as an example, you're more than a comedian at this point. Now you're a a made man who's got a family, and you're using that on television, the way you were talking to those people. Take the deal. It's like talking to your daughter when she's 15 go to take the SATs, yes. go to college, right. trust me, I know you want to take the next year off and jerk around, but do this, Prom, I, I promise you me you'll be, so you use that.
0: I did, but I wasn't allowed to, you know, standards and practices, I couldn't finish the sentence, I can only,
2: you know. I see, you couldn't, you couldn't take them in there. So would you, but, but you weren't using this, you, you were using your reputation as a comedian to get the job or whatever, maybe to promote the show. But not necessarily on the right. Show, but you know how which scary, I
0: respect. But you know, w- you're also a made guy. You know, at this point, for you and I to be able to have this conversation like this on a national platform, this is kind yeah. of a, we would have never done this right. before. And if you did this and we had this conversation, you'd walk out of here going, "That was fuck." You know what? Audience is going to they're into it now and they want to hear what you think because of what
2: you've done. I see. And so how you're they 10 like years ago, you didn't feel that way. I Your didn't business know, decisions. How would
0: I know that they would accept me if I didn't have a setup and a punchline? If I wasn't wearing a funny little uh, getup? If I didn't do something silly? That's what I. That's how I had made every dollar, every laugh, every acceptance, every job was for that. Deal or no deal was the first job I took, where it was just I showed up and just was myself.
2: Mm. We you did know. dramatic television, but that was pretend. I I'm see. not
0: a doctor, you know I that. See. I just played one on TV. Oh
2: you no. Know. I got it now you
0: get it anyway i can't thank you enough for doing what you do being who you are um we don't see each other a lot and a lot of people in this business don't i do love you and i do think that you're a great human being and i'm glad i know you and it was an honor that you would even show up today and come in and talk to me thank you Howie. Well, they'll thank you
2: i really enjoyed this conversation didn't you enjoy him
1: yes i wish i could have been in the room <laughs> no
0: <laughs> she loves
2: to play I really, Hamilton. I really enjoyed talking to you and i always do and and uh you you're a mensch so are you on the road right now you know i'm going uh underground for a secret reality show thing next week and then i'm going overseas for a secret stand-up thing so, worst plugs ever. <laughs> like, well, watch for those. There's a lot of fun stuff happening. That's a surprise. Okay, so we will if you uh, Caroline's in December, I'll be back in New York. That's that's up and out there. But look for the surprises. Up. We'll be posting his surprises probably
1: um, on his social media. Right? You'll announce. Yeah, it when you can. yeah. There's
2: a lot of fun stuff hanging ha- happening, and I am enjoying being a comedian. I saw you the other night at an outside show a couple times. It's like a hobby. I feel like I have no job. I have a hobby that pays. I love being a comedian right now. I think people need it more than ever, and there's something about I'm not doing a— My act is evolving. It's becoming more personal, and I, I feel like before I'm a Jew or an American, I'm in this comedy thing. And when I see the comedians and, and when I see you, I, I get lifted up. I ran into... And you love working with Chappelle? I love working with Chappelle. Um, I just did eight shows with him in Detroit. I was a spe- I come out as a special guest, unannounced. Um, and his crowds are just the best crowds, sophisticated. They're just euphoric when he comes out and... He lets me roast the crowd and just shake everything up. And Fantastic. I know the guy thirty years, so the whole thing is like a
0: family. Well, I can't wait to work with you sometime again. If not, we should just uh, break bread. At some I would point.
2: love that. I'll come out right, to your yeah. fancy spot.
0: I have fancy spots. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Howie. I love you too. And uh, I guess we could just end the. Let's end the podcast. <laughs> for